so weird that you do that now. I didn't do anything. I didn't tap anything. I wasn't beatboxing. I know, but... So what's weird? I didn't do anything. Because normally we just talk and then you edit that in. Oh, I know. That's... It. Well, we don't so have now to... I feel like I'm waiting for the song to finish. Right. Yeah, that's, that's some inside... Some behind the scene. That's some inside baseball there. So in the past, the intro always gets... We don't hear that when we record. Or we didn't used to. Right. That would just be tacked on later. But now I've got Until this. you decided you want to show off your beatbox and drumming skills. No, that wasn't it. It's just I have a template that's got all of our tracks and the inputs and the cue and all that stuff. And it's also got the intro clip right there. And so when I hit record, we hear it, which prompts us to start talking, which is weird because we used to just hit the record button and we would just start talking. And whenever I wanted to, I would create an arbitrary Jeremy, start point. Jeremy. Right. That's how this podcast works. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> now we have an intro at the at the beginning that cues us to start talking now. So you changed it in my in on for my benefit. If you want to think that, then yes, I did. You changed it because you're lazy. <laughs> well, that's what the template's all about. It's just empowering my laziness, enabling my laziness. Yeah. Uh, I I have a um. Something I want to read to you, and I want you to guess what this is, what they're describing. You're going to read a book or a story? A, yeah, a book. It's a only book. about 400 pages, so it won't take too long. No, it's just, it's just a clip, or it's, it's an excerpt here. Okay, so if, if you're writing a small or simple app, or like a throwaway prototype with little or no logic on the back end, then go for it. But for some larger scalable system, it's best to avoid it, it being this type of platform this person's talking about. Hmm. I can't say that from fir- I can't I, oh I can say that from firsthand experience. It all sounds good with their user management and notifications, abstracted storage and whatnot, but in the in the end it's not worth the trouble. Namely, I was developing the back end for an app on this platform as a service system, and clients were so much into it because it sounded cool and promising. Strong marketing, I guess. Um, but a few weeks into production, major issues slash limits with the platform started arising. What should be a simple app turned out to be a nightmare to develop and scale. Uh, the result and conclusion of the project is we broke the time window for a rev- relatively simple app. It should have taken only two to three months, and it took almost a year, and it still isn't stable or reliable. Um, if we'd used a custom stack, it had been done in the in the original time window for sure, because um, I made a, si- a similar demo project in five to ten days with a custom node stack. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah okay so that's probably all that needs to be read what do you, what platform as a service do you think they were describing aws nope try again heroku <laughs> you am serious I warmer? no am i warmer <laughs> no you're not even close uh sugar crm <laughs> oh, come on it starts they started hitting major issues limitations the development <laughs> ended up way slower than if they just used a real stack uh google apps you're just being obstinate. <laughs> Although, I. Well, so what do you think? What do you think? It, what do you think they're describing? Come on, that's the question. Well, I said all the all the buzz, so I'm assuming Salesforce. <laughs> you just wanted me to say it, didn't Although, you? really? No, no, it's not. I'm talking about Parse. Parse. Yeah, it was in the news because it got shut down. It's a. It's a. It's like a mobile backend as a service that. Facebook bought, you know, a while back, a year or two ago, maybe. And apparently there's, you know, a lot of people developed apps on it, but Salesforce, or not Salesforce, Facebook decided they're going to shut it down. They're not going to run it any, anymore. Although they did open source it, so people can 
you can run it on your own if you want to. Hmm. But it's, uh, I thought the parallels were interesting. <laughs> seems seemed familiar. A little, de- little deja familiar. vu happening. It did. <laughs> well, does that just kind of proves the point that building software isn't always as easy as just buying some framework and thinking you can build what you want on it. That's true. I mean, there's yeah. Well, and when you because well, you make trade offs. When you make exactly. trade offs, when you when you make that type like of any decision. any framework, for example, is a trade off. Yeah, it's it requires you do things its way. It's going to take in certain ways more effort to conform to it and to use it. But the the only reason you would choose to use something, any kind of framework or a service or whatever, is because it benefits you more than it costs you. Right. It'll save you some time. Yeah. It's just the and tough thing hopefully is hopefully headaches. And hopefully you know, those people that build in that framework are smarter than you and. Yeah, you're getting some of their, either the knowledge they have about something that you don't have, and they're giving you some rails to guide you, right? Or it's just it's just sheer work that's been done that you doesn't, doesn't make sense to redo every time. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of segues into something I've been working on. Okay. Something that I'm going to talk about <clears throat> on occasion on the podcast, because I need some accountability. It's a oh, personal good. pet project. Good. Something I'm building for myself, and maybe if... if I like it enough. I'll let others use it, but the good day, sir. Army will hold you accountable. <laughs> That's the tough thing when you're building something for yourself is, is I started and started and stopped it off and on for a long time, just because there's no accountability. That's it. It's, I decided I'm going to change up the architecture or, or I try and experiment and prototype something. And then, you know, I lose track of it. I get busy and then I come back to it and then I decide, eh, there's this new thing I don't want to try. I don't, I'm going to build it with that. Um, so it's, it's been kind of difficult to kind of just sit down and focus on actually building something. Yeah. I miss the days, the early days when I didn't know any better and I would just build stuff. It's so easy to build stuff now. It's like, there's no excuse though, right? That's- no, but I, I, my mindset, the, the, the more involved, the longer you develop in your career as a, as a programmer, there's so many things you do because of your experience. There's, there's so many things you do. The way you design things, the way you build things, the amount of defensive programming you do, the all those different things that you didn't do when you first started. You just wrote a function that did something, and you were happy with that because yeah. it did exactly what you wanted to do. Right. It may not scale. It may not have proper error handling. It, it, yeah, it was probably like prototype quality, right? Yeah. But it, it you got but, stuff done. But you're saying you've lost the ability to just do a prototype. I like, have. Because, because I'm so focused on building out this architecture that scales and it has, you know, everything I could ever want because I'm trying to build this foundation, you know, this foundation to a skyscraper when all I really want to build is a house. What do they say? Premature optimization is the root of all evil. Do you know who said that? Sir, I will let you know I've never been premature in my life. <laughs> Except the time I was born. Uh, that would be Donald Knuth. All right. Um, okay. Well, tell us about your uh, your new thing, your endeavor. Well, I'm not going to well, announce it. No. Well, tell us what you can about it. So I I, I have decided that I am going to build it using um, Git's Electron because I, I it, it is an application I do want to run locally, but I do want to run it. I want to build it with web technologies. So explain what Electron is. So Electron is a instead of I guess you can call it a framework. It's a negatively charged particle that's one of the three types of particles that makes up an atom. Oh, you meant the application framework. The application framework, yeah. All right. So no, if, you, if you use Atom, or if you're familiar with Atom, which is a text editor built on web technologies, um, 
Atom's shell is what Atom is built on, and Atom's shell became Electron IO. So they extracted Electron from Atom? Well, they, they built Atom's shell and then built Atom on top of it. Mm-hmm. So Atom's shell was the core of it, and then they decided to make a full-fledged project, project or product out of it. So that's how Electron <coughs> IO came about. All right. And all it is, essentially, it's just a, a framework that has some APIs to native OS functionality, so you can get access to the file system and things like that. It, it's um, built to run on Windows, Linux, and Mac. So this is gonna you're you're building a cross-platform desktop application. Yes. Okay, so we know that much. All right. And you're obviously going to get. Uh, I guess you're going to be getting quite uh, familiar and good with the Node stack and yeah. What you're saying earlier, Gulp. You, you think you're probably going to use Gulp as your yeah. So I spent a week in trying to figure out. You know what? What do I want to start with? You know, I know I'm going to need. There, I know there's certain things I'm going to want to use, and I'm going to want some kind of automation framework tool um so i i, I looked at um grunt why is that name always hard for me to remember grunt, grunt yeah grunt and gulp yep and i like grunt because it's config based it should be easier however okay hmm. you're basically configuring files and then it runs and so, it does. so both of these things are task managers basically They're, they are you can use them as a build system yeah but they're not really build systems yeah, they're more just automation. It's like right. uh, task automation. Task automation, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, pe- that's what people use them for primarily in the development world is, you know, schedule, you know, get it to build your build, yeah. you know, compile all your SAS files, merge all your JavaScript if that's what you're trying to do, minify it, all that kind of stuff, compress it. And there's some basic dependency stuff. So you can say these two tasks depend on this other one. And if I run this one, then it should, you know, builds a dependency graph and then executes only the tasks that need to be executed for that. Yeah. And I set it on Gulp because I kind of, I kind of like the coding aspect yeah. of it. I like, I like the control of being able to define these tasks at a very granular level, not just, well, I got to trick this grunt to do what I want it to do by configuring it this certain way to do X, Y, Z. Um, the the one problem with Gulp though is that you have to basically download these packages for every one of these tasks you want to execute. So if you want to do some kind of SAS compile, you got to make sure you have the SAS plugin. You got to do all these different things, and you have all these new dependencies to deal with. It's no different than Grunt, though. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, I think Grunt you can get it like downloads a gigantic package, and you don't have to worry about it. But I think with Gulp you have to be a little more specific. I mean, both of them require you basically so any of the grunt plugins the gulp plugins whatever you use those need to be in your package.json so that mm-hmm. when you do npm install it just pulls those all down and you yeah. should be good put them in your dev dependencies and kind of works the same way yeah I've, i mean i've used uh, i used grunt for a couple of years and i've been using gulp for about a year and um they, they're both fine they both get the job done but i will say that the gulp code is much more readable um the way that you know you can see it just your pa- basically it, it's stream based so you yeah. can you can just see how a stream is passed from you know, a compiler to a to a compression to a minification to a concatenation, whatever. Right? You can. It's very easy to see. Yeah. And you can also have if you have parallel, basically like parallel jobs, like a set of tasks that can operate independently from another set of tasks. Then basically, Gulp uh, Gulp will run those uh, in parallel because it is a it's more asynchronous than Grunt is. So you can get some speed efficiency yeah. with Gulp as well. Well, the, yeah, the, the- the kind of problem with that though is is there are certain cases where you kind of need some synchronous you need mm-hmm. something to happen right afterwards and that's what the pipes are for and things like that so and you can have two separate paths yeah. with all a bunch of piping that then join back together like they can 
they can both execute independently, right? And whichever one gets done first waits for the other one. And then like you have a final, like something that zips everything up into a zip file or something, right? Yeah. You can, so yeah. Um, I like gulp. It's, uh, I think that's a definitely a good choice. The, the thing I've been following recently is for the products I've been working on, you know, the past couple of products I've used, well, it's either browserify or browserify, depending on, you know, whether mm-hmm. you're from, uh, west of the Rockies or east of the Rockies, I guess. And, it's the other one, Webpack. Webpack, Webpack right. Yeah. And so Webpack has gotten real a lot of buzz. I mean, just much more. I don't want to say it's more popular because I don't know what the numbers are, but it certainly has got a lot of buzz recently. And I've not used it, but I think it's um, I think it's more just out of the box. Like put your CSS and your JavaScript here and just Webpack it. And it, you, know, you know, it's much simpler. You don't have to set up. I think you don't have to set up like a comp- complicated Gulp script or anything. Yeah. Um, which is probably cool, especially for... Just the zero, you know, how, what's my zero to 60 or whatever my, how long does it take me to to get a single HTML page with some JavaScript and, and SAS or something, right? Right. Um, Webpack may be a little bit faster. Um, I haven't, and I haven't looked at it really say it, but I do like, if I lose the control that I have with Gulp to really customize it, then I'm not sure I'm a. I actually looked at uh, Webpack and was thinking about using it for my project. Um, although... I don't, I don't, performance-wise, it's probably not going to buy me anything because my files are already going to be on the hard drive. It's just going to be a quick read. It's not like it's trying to download or you know it's access true, it across right. the wire. But yep. it would be kind of one one JSON file that's loading into memory. Um, but I don't really think it's going to buy me anything. So I chose for simplicity just to not go that route, leave it out. It's less complexity. What are you leaving out? Uh, Webpack. Okay. Oh, so you so you, or browserify or anything. I'm not. I'm not going to try to minify and combine and compress my my JavaScript files. What, my source code. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't. I don't think that would get you anything. And also because this isn't a web app. It does it now. Well, let me. Let me ask you this: Is Atom or uh, Electron? Is it? Is it running Node? Yes. So it's dynamically just at runtime randomly requiring JavaScript requiring in JavaScript. You don't have to pre because like right. with browserify browserify. I'm sure Webpack works like this. It doesn't run your JavaScript, but it, it basically just builds it, builds up all the abstract, abstract syntax trees and finds where all the require statements are as if it was running your application, but it's not. And then it and it compiles or combines those all into essentially a single file with mm-hmm. um and it optimizes it so that things aren't required multiple times and they're not they're not duplicated in this one final source file. Everything's right. only there once, but um whereas the way that Node runs it doesn't build all that up. It just it's requiring things dynamically. If it hits a point in the code that requires called, then it, it at that point and only at that point does it go and then pull that file in and right. So is that the way that Electron runs? That's that's my question. I th- think it is right. I think so. Yeah, because yeah. it's not like you're building it. You're not building a single page web app. You're building an application. That's, uh, you're, that's, I mean, you're you're <laughs> technically building a web application that's. Running in Node, it's it's using Chrome. Well, just because it's using it, the Chrome browser, basically. It's using web technologies, but it's not a web application. Right. right? I mean, there's I mean, no there's no HTTP calls going anywhere. It's it's all internal. Yeah. I mean, where where it would normally make a, a an HTTP call, it's actually just pulling from the hard drive. It's it's. But if you're saying you don't have to use something like Webpack, then I think it's dynamically, you know, uh, handling requires. Yeah, it, it's it's um just I mean just like it would traditionally with any kind of multi yeah, framework, what it's, is, it sees the require and pulls it in, yeah, right or or yeah. whatever. It, probably using Common JS or AMD, one of the two, I would imagine. Just the one, whichever the module systems to load things dynamically. Well, that's cool. Um, what else can you tell us about this secret top secret app? Well, I can tell you, I started. Is it, out, is it confidential or is it top secret, John? 
confidential. Is it, was it, is it marked confidential? It's marked confidential. Okay. So yeah. There's a difference. Just making sure. Uh, okay. So what else can you tell us about it? Can you tell us, you know, what its function or what category it's in? No, that's, the pe- too, the that's too much too early. That's too much too early. Inquiring minds want to know. It's too much okay. too early. All right. So that's all you want to share for now. Just that I, I did spend the weekend um, trying out boilerplates, starter packs, um, because there's, I mean, anytime you kind of in, in decide on a framework like Angular, which I have decided I probably will be using Angular, um, there's all these different starter packs and things that you can get, you know, things that are supposed to help you kickstart your project really quickly. Um, and I tried a bunch of them out. I installed them and I was like, you know what? They're not structuring the project the way I want. You know, I want things structured a certain way. I want things named a certain way. And um, it was just way too much. So I decided I'm going to actually just hand code everything to the, oh, well, not hand configure, hand include everything into the project. I expect nothing less from you. Organize John. it the way I, I expect want it. I it all hand coded. <laughs> I don't want a single <laughs> line of generated code. Well, that's not what, yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> You see, you can't deny. (laughs) It's too much magic. I I need to know what's going on. This is my foundation for the application. This is at this point in time. I need to know what's going on. Right. So, so that's as far as I got. John doesn't run Wizzle to Java. He writes his own Java bindings to soap by hand. (laughs) (laughs) My own Apex. Actually, I have been writing my own Apex bindings to soap because this darn web service I've been working with is crap. As much as I'd like to blame that on... Salesforce's crummy support for soap. I think it's. I think it's. No, pro- this it's, one's just a really uh, bad. This, this turns web, out. Turns out it's really easy to write a really bad web service. Okay. This web service is returning a reference to the C sharp system <clears throat> class. That's great. Namespace. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, come on. I know. <laughs> How's that even allowed? I don't know. I mean, why, why doesn't the .NET, you know, s- network stack or soap stack, whatever this is. Why doesn't it filter that out? Why it should see that and say and throw an error and say, "Oh, you can't do this. You can't." Because it originated from the Balmer days, and that that was all about Windows. Oh, That's blame, lock-in. blame That's it on Balmer. Lock-in that it, that uses system I/O. <laughs> blame it on Balmer. <laughs> <laughs> we got That's going to be a new thing. We're going to blame everything on Balmer. Hey. Um, okay, so we need to um, we need to talk about uh, the. London calling Salesforce group, right? We do. Okay. So we were we were challenged. Why don't you uh, talk about that? Why do I have to talk about it? Well, I don't know because you were communicating more. Actually, no. <laughs> I did. I got late in the conversation. I saw the tweet and then I had to run home. And then you got you and you and Matt. Yeah. Uh, had some back and forth about. Uh, uh, he, he he challenged us. He said he said you know if you if you make a donation to charity, I'm doing a presentation on Friday today. I'll wear your shirt. Right. And um, so some chatter went back and forth on okay, well who decides what charity? And, and Jeremy, of course, wanted to donate to our whiskey fund five uh, <laughs> nonprofit <laughs> yeah. charity. We're gonna we're gonna officially set up a five hundred one c three for our, our whiskey fund. <laughs> Good whiskey, sir. That's what it'll be called. I think the IRS will approve that one. Huh? Maybe. <laughs> hey, they've probably approved weirder things. So. <laughs> <laughs> Asking you shall receive. I expect you to get on that. So okay, so we donated to uh um so so the story that there's a story behind it because as we're going to doing this banter back and forth, um Daniel Probert pings and says, Hey, I'm I'm going to how about my charity, the the company I work with. Yeah. Um or the org I work for. Mm-hmm. And um so we, we looked up the charity, it's Camp Fed, and um 
I want to do it justice, so I will not try to paraphrase who they are and what they do. Um, but you'll have to bear with me because I closed the tab. So CamFit is about uh, learn, succeed, and lead and change. I'm going to read directly from the website. CamFit is an international nonprofit organization tackling poverty and inequality by supporting marginalized girls to go to school and succeed and empowering young women to step up as leaders of change. And, and is this, do they focus on, I guess, how many countries where women are treated not so great? Yeah, so it looks like they focus in Africa. Um, and so that's where most of their focus is. Yeah, that would make sense. So, yeah, it sounded like a good cause. So we stepped up, and then uh, I believe that Matt Morris, Mr. Matt Morris, matched us, right? Yeah, I'm not sure if he matched our particular charity because he said something like he would match a local charity. Yeah, I think charity. so. Yeah, so, right. But yeah, he, he said he'd match us. So that's always fun. Although I'm not inviting people to... Uh, <laughs> flood us with demands for donations <laughs> you catch us at the right time or yeah. if you bribe us with wearing one of our shirts at your popular salesforce event then maybe we will yeah john will I'll, i volunteer john <laughs> <laughs> we have to rebuild that swear jar so i'm just gonna start just messing up left and right right although i think i owe the swear jar quite a bit because apparently the last episode i was using yeah the the, the f word the actual swear jar no, I didn't. I didn't say the bad f word. I was saying the, I was saying freaking. No, you said the f word, John. Once. I know. I'm saying. But then I was. I switched to freaking. Okay. Well, freaking's okay. Right? It's less work for me because I don't have to bleep it out. <laughs> Boy, uh, Twitter is in just really trouble. It just gets worse and worse and worse for them. I remember wasn't that long ago, maybe two years at the most, but it seems like more like a year. They were hiring engineers away from I mean, several uh, really smart Salesforce engineers, lead like lead engineers and in engineering management left and went to Twitter. But now they're like, well, they brought the Jack Dorsey back to try to save the company, but they just, I don't know, they can't figure it out. People don't know how to, I think the problem is, is they a long time ago, they hit the number of people that can figure out how to use Twitter. Everyone else, they look at Twitter and they go, I don't know what to do. This is boring. I'm going back to Instagram, right? Or whatever. No, I think that's the problem is they they're they're on Instagram. Yeah, it could be. There's they just two. found an, they, they because when when your mom's on a social net, okay, this is how social networks work. When when it oh John's be, gonna school us. Here we go. <laughs> when it's just the young ones, it's it's the place to be. But once your parents get on it, then they they want they move off of oh, it yeah, because yeah. as soon as your mom wants to friend you or follow right. you or whatever, just like but, Facebook, my mom's on it, your mom's on it, all our parents and family are on it, and. We don't want them seeing what we're doing. Kiss of death. Right. Yeah. So then you move over to Twitter. And then all of a sudden they're following you on Twitter. You're like, well, crap, now I got to go to Instagram. Right. Or Snapchat or whatever else is out there. But they're, you know, they're a public company, but they just, you know, they, they, they're unable to effectively monetize. I mean, you probably see ads more, right? <clears throat> but it's still, it's just not adding up enough. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of the problem too, I think, because it, it started out as a free service and they're trying to figure out how to monetize it and they're trying advertising out, but wasn't really built around advertising well and they're just not growing that's a problem yeah. this, is, this would be salesforce problem. if salesforce stopped growing they'd well, be in major trouble right i mean they've got the eyeballs but it's just no, not they translating. Don't. no they don't they don't have enough eyeballs they're not adding enough eyeballs they have like 350 million monthly active users which just pales in comparison to the other services they're losing out to facebook instagram snapchat pinterest probably does pinterest count 
I don't even, I don't understand uh, Pinterest. Pinterest pisses me off. <laughs> I have a Pinterest account only because I wanted to look at some pictures and it does that stupid thing where you can only see half the pictures before it blocks you out. Now I have, I have successfully gone and hidden that frame just to see the more, more pictures, yeah. but then eventually it screws up. Well, Twitter has a plan. Would you like to hear it? I would. So it appears that Jack Dorsey, I, I love that guy's name, Jack Dorsey. Sounds like an undercover investigator, private eye or something. Yeah. I know what to do. Especially when you say it with that radio called voice. Called Jack Dorsey. I didn't know you had a radio voice. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so it appears that Jack Dorsey and the product team at Twitter don't want to give up on the stock, and it seems that GIFs might be the next weapon of choice in Twitter's defense arsenal. The Verge reports that Twitter is now testing a new button on its mobile app for posting GIFs. Some Twitter users said that clicking the GIF button on the mobile app showed them a selection of ready-made GIFs, including some categorized by mood and other and others that were trending. <laughs> oh boy, they're they're it, staking their fate on it's on GIF GIFs. by the way. No, it's not GIF. It's GIF. <clears throat> Actually, I'm on the GIF side. Yeah. I just wanted to be. You didn't want to be wrong. I just wanted to be <laughs> combative or yeah. argumentative. Right. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think gifts are going to save it? No. I mean, I don't think Twitter's, I don't think it would go away. I mean, they might, if their stock keeps going down, they could become an attractive takeover target. The tooling seems to be well-received. I mean, Periscope is fairly popular, I think. And do they have Vine? They have Vine, right? I don't, I don't know. No, Periscope's a different app. Vine is their app. Periscope's a different app. Vine is associated with Twitter. So what is Periscope associated with? I don't know. Actually, good question. If if Periscope is associated with Twitter, then there was a. I think I think Periscope is associated with Twitter. Um, there was a. There was. Remember the service that came out before Periscope? That was Vine. No, it was like a couple of weeks before Periscope. Um, this is uh, where we silently Google. We need Google Music. Anyway, there was. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the. I think the Periscope's its own company. It might be. No, it's uh, Twitter. No, Twitter, it's Twitter. Twitter bought it. It's Twitter. It was Meerkat. So Meerkat comes out like two weeks before Periscope did. And it was the same, almost identical service. You could basically live broadcast yourself. And it tied into Twitter. It would, as soon as you start broadcasting, it would tweet all your friends and they click on it and see it. And then two weeks later, Twitter comes out with Periscope and just kills Meerkat. Kills it. That's unfortunate, huh? Uh, but I mean, I, th I think they've, the products have been successful and well-received. I mean, people are using them, so... I just, I just think it's just tough for them to find a way to get people to pay for the service. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, t Twitter has multiple times screwed their, their developer, their ecosystem developers. Yeah, that, they uh, had that, that limiting on... You had to get these licenses. Like, well, they started limiting so many people. Yeah, the tokens, right? Yeah, the tokens. But, and they, they cut down what it would do. They... They'd add search. They took search away. What was their search called originally? Um, not seismic. Was it seismic? I can't remember. Man. You know, they've, they've jacked with the firehouse. And I know they're growing, right? I mean, what, what you do at a certain scale doesn't... You can't necessarily do that at 10 times that scale. But, but they've definitely screwed developers. Yeah. And so I don't... I don't really feel sorry for them. Sorry. Sorry, Twitter. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> well, um, we, we probably should get... Do we have... You, is there anything you want need to cover before we get into the Salesforce event? I have a feeling that's going to take long enough, so I don't want to. I don't even. Yeah, we we may even have to split this up. So, all right. So yeah, um, we can. Well, go I'll, get into I'll it. say that I had some fun stuff planned, but Jeremy's 
need to do all his clips overrode that. So yeah, dominated you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sounds so wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Take that the wrong way. So, okay. So Salesforce had this for people who don't, and I don't, you know, I don't know if people, I'd ask some people today and people didn't even know about it. People in the Salesforce world. So that's good. Yeah, I guess so. You know, so a couple of days ago, Salesforce has a, an event, an event, we'll call it an event where they, you know, updated on the company, updated on, it was really, it was mainly a demo. Well, it was, it was a demo centered around <coughs> what Salesforce does all the time, which is rebranding a lot of their stuff. It was, it was mainly new lightning stuff, new, new sales, what do they call mm-hmm. sales wave lightning? I can't remember. It was, but it's not, I hate the term, I hate to use the word new because it's not new stuff. It's just a new brand on mm, it. Well, they, no, they, they, they demoed pro- progress for sure. There was new stuff. I mean, it was just at, they're, they're slowly building. I don't want to say slowly because they're working very fast, but they're in, uh, what's the word? They're not intermittent. Uh, they're iteratively, right? Adding new functionality to, to wave and to lightning, which are almost the same thing now. It's, it's hard to tell them apart, honestly. Well, we, we knew <clears> about <throat> wave coming to sales and coming to service as a package. Right. That's how they're going to claim victory on wave is just to build it, you know, make it part of these other things that you're already using. And they've taken the clouds and they've further pushed them down the line to the lightning experience. And so now you have sales lightning experience and service lightning experience. And soon you'll have marketing as I discovered through trolling or not trolling, but digging through dribble. Yeah. But anyway, so of course, as I do, I've got a bunch of clips from this thing. Um, I do not suggest um, playing a drinking game along with this because you may end up in the hospital. <laughs> so, okay. so how, shots every time someone says lightning. So I have, I, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure how you have this prepared and how it's going to play out. But so I had, I had some, uh, some initial reactions to this whole thing. But as I calmed down and I, and I realized I should have seen the signs. Because to register for this event, it was not your Salesforce account. It was a lead form. And that should have been my clue. That should have been my clue that this was not a Salesforce, hey, we've got some great new stuff. You need to know about it if you're on Salesforce. This is a, hey, this is Salesforce. You should buy Salesforce. Right. This was a marketing campaign event. Yeah. Well, they've got a... It is absolutely my dream and I'm dedicated to being the fastest to 10 billion. And boy, we heard that. I mean, I could have done a clip show out of... 10 billion and the fast, fastest enterprise software, enterprise software, enterprise software, fastest, fastest, fastest. Are we going to talk about Benioff? Are we going to do that now or later? No, not at all. We'll never, we'll, we'll talk about Benioff at all. In, in the clips? <laughs> I'm kidding. How could you not? No, I just, I just, <clears throat> but anyway, so I'm, this, I'm this, concerned. this event ended up being two and a half hours and but, it had, and it had about 10 minutes of content. Right. All right. So that's what we do. We, we listen, we listen to the whole thing. So you don't have to. And we're summarizing down, although I'm afraid our summary is going to be not much of, I think it's going to be just as long. <laughs> but I think the audience of this was Wall Street. Really? Well, this, they, they, they called this a halftime between their two, between dream forces. I'm like, why do they have to do this? Like, what is this all about? It was weird because <clears throat> they, I, I, the event was confusing as to what it was for because <clears throat> I heard new product 
strategy for the year, 50th release, something like that, and it was, and Keith Block being promoted. Yeah. Yeah. It was just this weird combination of things they were announcing, it and is. then Metallica doing their thing. <sighs> I know. So, no, I, th- I think this was, their, they were selling to, because here's the deal. Salesforce, we know, we've talked about this, their stock is trading on, some people consider it a house of cards. It's very highly, highly valued, right? And it's because people are betting that their growth is going to continue to be astronomic, and at some point they'll be profitable. That's what it's all predicated upon, right? Right. And we can't have any little chinks in that armor. We don't want any doubts because one little, you know, uh, weakness in the armor can can end up just collapsing the whole thing, right? If it if it catches, if it snowballs. I see a weakness in the armor. Well, okay, that's fine. Anyway, that's what, so. I, I think that's what this. I think they're selling to Wall Street, and the product is guess who's what's the product that they're selling to Wall Street? It's not Wave. I'll tell you that. It's us. They were selling their customers to Wall Street, uh, and I have some clips. But anyway. Um, they also, oh, and here's another reason why I think they're selling to Wall Street. They mentioned fiscal year, fiscal year, fiscal year, fiscal year, over and over and over and over. And I thought, well, it's a new fiscal year, mm-hmm. fiscal year 17. And I, I thought to myself, well, I wonder how many people, how many Salesforce customers, because ostensibly this is the audience of Salesforce customers, how many of them even know when Salesforce fiscal year starts? Do you know when it starts? February 1st, right? I mean, who, none of their customers know that. None of their customers, I mean, most of them don't even care. So why would Salesforce, in this demo to its customers, talk about its fiscal year constantly? You know, it just makes no sense. It's the beginning of our fiscal year. It's fiscal year 17. Fiscal year 17 fiscal year. And we're looking forward to an exciting new fiscal year as well. And so welcome to our fiscal year 17. Thank you very much. So I mean, that was just a sampling, right? There was a lot more than that. This was very much about their new fiscal year. Um, another interesting thing I saw this today because their stock has been trending down, right? They've, they've got issues with their stock and today was terrible, right? But when I saw someone comment, they said for the, over the, for the past 50 days, Salesforce's stock price has been correlated like 93% with Tableau's stock because Tableau was, Tableau had some bad news. Who else? Um, LinkedIn had bad news. Someone else had bad news. It was just, it was bringing the whole sector down. Keep dinging over there, John. But, uh, you okay? You need to take that? Should we stop? Stop the recording? Nah. <laughs> it's just my brother who has disappeared on me for a while. No. <laughs> he has resurfaced, but I'll call him back later. <laughs> so the, his picture on the milk carton worked? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he does that every so often. So, uh, wrote so. a song and produced an album called Ride the Lightning. Today we're going to be talking about a lot of different lightning announcements, a lot of different innovations. So we thought it'd be fun to bring the guys from Metallica here to help us get us kicked off. So please join me in welcoming Metallica's Lars Ulrich. See, this was a big fail. I thought we were going to get to hear Ride the Lightning. Yeah. (laughs) Right. No. I think Benioff thought he was going to hear Ride the Lightning. I wonder if maybe some of the bandmates couldn't make it. And he was stuck in traffic and they had to just like on the fly go, uh, 
what are we going to do? It's that like, would have made sense, but no, okay. supposedly Benioff requested the national. So they what they played the national. Yeah, anthem, I, I, but, but I, I'm, I, I think it was like one of those backstage last minute things. They're like, uh, they're not here. All we have is the guitar guy and the bass. That could be. No, um, Lars was there. He's the drummer. Maybe the drums didn't show up. The equipment. Well, the, I mean, the truck didn't show up. <laughs> yeah, the, maybe the whole truck didn't wasn't there. And he's like, well, what are we going to do? He's like, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, this. What so can that, you play? Uh, I could play <laughs> the national anthem. <laughs> But that uh, that definitely kicked off the theme. Which uh, here I'll, I'll I've got some I've got some you know little I would say uh, compilations that that indicate what some of the themes of this were. At the lightning. So answer. Oh wait a minute, that was weird. Today is not about lightning. Ride the lightning. So answer is lightning, the lightning platform, and lightning platform, lightning, lightning, the lightning experience, the lightning builder, the lightning ecosystem. So we launched lightning, lightning, lightning. What are we doing with lightning? And lightning is no exception. The first lightning app, first lightning app, our own first lightning app, sales cloud lightning, sales cloud lightning, lightning, the lightning component framework, the lightning ecosystem, lightning experience, the lightning ecosystem, lightning sales cloud, that lightning platform, sales cloud lightning edition, lightning professional lightning platform. Our new sales cloud lightning. That's the the power of sales cloud lightning sales cloud lightning we're looking at lightning what will lightning do for you sales cloud lightning 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 sales cloud lightning well i've never seen anything like lightning 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 dashboard lightning 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 so john i'm gonna give you i don't know i'll give you three guesses what do you think this event was about <laughs> popcorn uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be like this all, all day, aren't you? Lightning. Uh, yeah, it's just, <laughs> I don't want to be obvious. I know. I have some other ones. Uh, let's see. 49th release of Salesforce. 49 releases. 49th release. 49th major release. 49th major release. Our 50th release is coming up. 50th release. 49th release. It's fiscal year. <laughs> I'm going nuts here. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, what else do we have? Um, oh, this is fun. Here, you can have my microphone. That's how it works now at Salesforce. Somebody actually has to bring you a microphone. <laughs> the old days, I would give you the microphone because we could only afford one microphone. We can now afford two. Excellent. I think maybe we can only afford one microphone. It turns out we can only afford actually one working microphone, and here it is. <laughs> that was pretty funny. They were having some, I guess, mic difficulties, and, uh, yeah. and Benioff was actually making some pretty funny jokes about it. <laughs> uh, here's, here's one of the other themes. This is a real theme phone every one of us running your business from your phone every one of us runs our business from our phone running your business from your phone but we're able to actually run our business and close the quarter over the phone he will tell you that he runs his business from his phone you can run your business from your phone run their business from their phone you're just going to use your phone right from his mobile phone run their business from their phone run their business from their phone run their business from their phones. You can run your dogs from your phone. Hey, show <laughs> me over that. how yeah. you run Salesforce on your phone. He's running, you know, his company from his phone. Every company should be able to run their business from their phone. I, th I thought we were past the phone and onto the watch. Shouldn't we be watching, running our business from our watches? I, I have a little bit on the, on the watch um, in a minute, but and the watch is, you know, I, I think the Apple, the whole watch thing got a little, little it was a little bit, some false enthusiasm. A little bit of fail, a little bit of fail there. What do you think? I don't want to admit to that since <clears> I own one. I know. Well, I do too. All right, I, I'll I'll do one one more of my funny things, and then we'll move on to more substantial things. It's incredibly, incredibly disruptive. 
absolutely amazing. Think about it, it's incredible. Very, very exciting. It's absolutely amazing, which is astounding. Incredibly powerful. Very, very powerful, this incredible platform. An amazing momentum, amazing apps. An incredible demo, incredible accomplishment, amazing. That's an amazing thing. Incredible, incredible, incredible. Amazing, amazing, awesome. I love Salesforce One, it's incredible, it's incredible, it's incredible. Amazing. Amazing, incredible, incredible, incredible. This is awesome. Amazing, amazing, incredible, amazing. You know what's amazing and incredible is how Benioff has been able to shape that message. These are his words. These are his, not quirks, but his mannerisms. This is the way he would express something he's excited about. And the company took that and embraced it and made it their own. And now everything is incredible, awesome, amazing. Yes, I would agree. Um, There is a distinct dialect that you pick up when you work at Salesforce. Right. And unfortunately, it, it drastically reduces your vocabulary down to about seven words. <laughs> I have an idea for a product. Well, is it amazing? I know. Uh, I don't know. Is it incredible? Uh, I mean, I'd be afraid to bring anything if, if, it, if I didn't think it was amazing or incredible or awesome. Yeah. Like, maybe phenomenal, but. Eh, phenomenal uh, will get you there. Yeah, it's probably passable. <laughs> passable. All right. Um, okay. Let's get to some sub- substance here. Some meat? Yeah. For some reason, my... Audio things are not working. Getting about a million there. people joining us on. And yeah. I'm sure you know we have about a million people joining us online as well. A million. Yeah. So I was looking at the Ustream thing, and it got up to about, I don't know, what, 17 or 20,000? But I wonder if that was just the U.S. I don't think so. Or our region that we happen to be I in. Mean, we are the, by far the biggest Salesforce region there is. In terms no, of I, I mean like, you know, <clears throat> Midwest, East, West, Coast... I don't think that's the way Ustream works. It shows I don't know how it works. But I, I think that goes along with, you know, that's why I, I think he was, he was really selling us to Wall Street, to these analysts. And by the way, that room had, there were, I think there were more like financial analysts than there were tech analysts there. There was a couple of guys that I see on TV, like that are these, the stock, the morning stock guys on the weekend and stuff. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of people that you saw at Dreamforce <laughs> that did presentations and were speakers and they're writers, they're... They're analysts, they're press people, United Way. Yeah. Accenture. Accenture, yeah. Accenture. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to change my audio here because my player program's not working. Let's see if this works. Uh, And what we're going to do now over the next probably about hour or so. So we want to walk you through a couple of exciting new product announcements and kind of articulate some exciting vision from Salesforce that's kind of kind of a, our own halftime show in between our two dream forces. Yeah, so there was that, the halftime show. But what did you notice about that? <laughs> I'll play it again. Uh, and what we're going to do now over the next probably about hour or so. Hour? Hour or so. It's two and a half hours. So... <laughs> This gets into to what I was originally kind of pissed off about. <coughs> this thing was over two hours. Yeah. Two and a half hours. That's and, what th- I and this mean, is yeah. very much a Salesforce commercial, not a product announcement, not, not a, this is what you need to know of things coming up about the company that if you're, an, if you're a user of Salesforce, you need to know this information. This was a commercial. And if you're a company and you're, admin or your admin and your CIO and however many people you had in your company were sitting there watching this for two hours. How much did that cost you? Yeah, I know. So you paid, you paid right. your employees to watch a commercial. Right. I don't think a lot of people watch. I don't think this is really well publicized. 
don't think I'm going to watch it. I don't know. As, I, that's what I thought as well. Um, but then I saw a lot of people on Twitter. But, but of course, I mean, a lot of people on my Twitter account are people that are very yeah. much immersed in the, the Salesforce ecosystem. Right. So they're going to know about these things and they're going to tweet about it and talk about it. And But I mean, those <laughs> that's a lot of people. Yeah. Do you remember when, um, back in the early days of Salesforce, it was all about no software? And the, the end, by the way, it was the end of software. Do you remember the end of software? It's the end of on-premise I mean, software. Na- now everything is, you know, Salesforce is the, you know, they're, it's all about software. The biggest soft, fourth biggest software company, fastest software company. And Every was, single day, but, we know so. that you have a choice when it comes to enterprise software. Fiscal year 17 marks the year that Salesforce year. becomes the fourth largest enterprise software company in the world. I mean, so it's all about it's enterprise software, enterprise software, enterprise software. It was always software. It was just I it know. was just no to the on-premise software. They didn't say that. They Move said the no cloud. software, end of software. But I think that was that's the what, end of installing software. Yeah, it's not Salesforce yet. You install it on your phone. You you might install no, not when that slogan Outlook was made. Connector. That's, that's when that slogan was made. You just logged in. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when that slogan was made, but I just I remember it, and <laughs> I think it's funny that. You know, they were going to kill software. Now they're claiming to be, you know, the fastest soft, enterprise software. Enterprise software at that. You don't find that interesting? It's not new. Okay. No, it's not. It's not new, right? I can tell you one of the really exciting things about Salesforce is that we're really true to the very, very core essence of why we started our company, what we wanted to do when we started our company. And that was really based on three core ideas. And the first one was a radical new technology model. This idea that we would build the world's first multi-tenant cloud for enterprise software, a shared infrastructure. So were they, were they the first platform as a service? I swear they were. <laughs> I hear this and I'm just like, okay, whatever. I, mean, I, I think the, the industry was changing at that time and it was moving towards these. I mean, as we were starting to get into more rich rich web applications at that time. And so the idea of being able to produce a application that could compete with, with the desktop applications was finally coming to fruition. And weren't all the ASPs multi-tenant? Do you remember ASPs? Application service providers? Yeah. I mean, there was a bunch of, there was, was a bunch before, of these, these kind of Salesforce. platform type things. There were basically access databases in the cloud or online web yeah. access databases, basically. Yeah. Um, and even Salesforce, the early version was kind of that. Um, it, it grew yeah. past that, but I mean, you look at some of the old screenshots of like one or two version, and it's basically an access database really? on the web. I wouldn't say that at all. You had the ability to create a screen, you could configure fields. I mean, you can do that with an access database. It just wasn't near that configurable back then. I mean, I'd say it's more like an access database now because it's more, much more configurable than it used to be. But I know what you mean, though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Our customers to help them go faster than ever before, that was amazing and to give them this scalable metadata platform that would redefine how they would build and create and customize enterprise applications. Well, now it's become the world's most, most trusted enterprise cloud. Well, we are exactly where we wanted to be, trust. We wanted to be that solution that our customers can trust to deliver the cloud. What do you think of that? It's right on. It's a Good trust statement. thing. Do you, okay. I mean, they, they, they had to. They had to build their model on trust. They had to get companies to trust them with their data to, to say, yeah, we'll put our, all our data on your cloud. It's not, no longer behind our firewall, yeah. and we'll trust you. And they did a lot of work to build that trust. 
Yeah, I do think they have done a pretty good job of that. I mean, I yeah. think people. I, that's one thing I do. I try. I would trust. You know, I do trust Salesforce with with data. Yeah, because I think it's just such in their best interest. I mean, if they had, you know, if they had a problem with that or some kind of breach, that would be very damaging, right? Yeah, and and not only the fact that you're trusting them with your data, but you also have access to that data. You have the the, the API. You can access it. You can pull it. You can get it out of there if you have to. I've I've seen other platforms. You know. <clears throat> where their whole business model is around, we have your data. Right. Oh, what sure. are you going to do? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I tr- you know, so I trust Salesforce with data. I trust that they're going to do you know two or three or four releases a year, right? Um, but I don't trust them to perform reliably or at reasonable speeds. Or to be honest, I don't trust trust.salesforce.com. Do you trust trust? It's because it's not for us, man. I don't trust that they're going to give ISVs uh, like reasonably easy ways to conform to like all the field level security things. That's still insanely difficult. We're, we're not their target. Their target is not us developers. Um, I don't trust Salesforce to be honest and realistic about product announcements. I never can believe what I'm hearing. You do have to kind of cut through the hype. Yeah. I don't trust that they're going to provide me with their reasonably useful tools to work on their proprietary platform. Maybe that's where the community steps in. <laughs> they, they've. I think the community has done what is possible to be to to do. Right. I don't trust Premier. I don't trust that there's anything Premier about Premier support. That's okay, I think yeah. that's been getting me recently. I don't know. So I trust them on certain things, but on other things, nope, not even close. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, I, obviously when it comes to developer support, we kind of get the rough end of things. Yeah, I mean, the things that I, mean, I even have clients who, who, if I ask them to log a case with Salesforce, I tell them explicitly do not mention anything custom development. Right. <laughs> do not say you have a contractor. Do not say you have a developer. Do not say you have something running on a custom button. Just say you're having this issue. Yeah. Because the moment they hear custom code, developer, or even consultant, they're done with you. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so now you're, you're on the system. You don't run the system. You don't have access to SSH into it and to figure out what's going wrong or why it's going slow or anything. You have no recourse at that point. All right. And what are, you, what are you supposed to do? Get on Twitter and tweet at Benioff? Or tweet at the Ask Salesforce, the Salesforce support thing and, and just beg? I've tried that. I tried <laughs> no, that last week say. and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, you have, you've tried that a few times. Yeah, and this most recently just, you know, just doesn't work. It goes into the abyss. It started working, though. How's, how so? Oh, you said your, your response time has gotten better. Uh, it, it has, but it's still like, it's still very intermittent. Sometimes it'll be very fast. Sometimes it's, you know, it'll, it literally will be a thousand times slower every, every third time. It's like, it's I don't know if I'm just more tolerant to it or what, because I, I do have some of those issues. I have but. noticed, I believe it's dependent on which instance you're like, which pod you're in. Some of them seem to be much better than others. And yeah. also even org to org. And I don't understand why, but. I yeah. guess a lot of times I'd look at it as a time to just take a break while it's I know, exactly. to save to the well, That's when you check Twitter, right? Yeah. <laughs> See what's going on. Exactly. Facebook, right. Twitter. Take a nap. Play, get some whiskey. Play a Candy Crush or something. While <laughs> you don't play Candy Crush. I know. <laughs> this is the first game that popped in my head. Them. And I'm sure that at the core of our success is this very core technology and what we're going to extend for all of you today. Two... We also wow, that was created all a new business model, wow. a whole idea that our customers would be able to su- subscribe to our services and they would be able to pay as they go and be able to go faster than ever before because we, as their vendor, 
we're aligned with them. Aligned. Now so you can't head. pay as you go. No, you can't. They want you to pay <laughs> up front. Don't they? they want you to pay three years out, and if, if or and if you want to reduce your users, watch out. You know what? And they don't. I guess to be fair, it's not they necessarily want you to pay all up front, but they want you. They do want you to contract many years up front. That's what they're. Yeah. And they're. But I mean, that's that's that's, oh, that's the nature just, of the model. No, I agree. It's I business, mean, but it belies what he's saying there, though. It doesn't they don't really? Yeah, no, we're we're, we're nitpicking. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's his words, you know. <laughs> it's the subscription model. You can't you can't blame the model. It's it is what it is. Yeah, but it's not it's not like an AWS where you can literally just shut everything down and walk away. You don't. True. I mean, you can get discounts if you. I, I'm sure if you call Amazon and say, "Hey, we're in this giant company. We're going to put everything on and give us a discount." They probably would. But I mean, that's just that's by far an edge case. Um, yeah. You know, you pretty much get there every every day. You know, Walmart every day low pricing, <laughs> <laughs> without having to have a membership card or yeah, or signed contracts. You know, you get spot instant, or you can. Um, they have the reserved instances, right? This is, which is kind of like a buying a little bit ahead, but again, that's still pretty minimal. Um, so that their success was our success, and we'd create a customer success group. We'd create a broad ecosystem. How's that customer success group working for you, John? Do they ever they come in and. Make sure you're you're successful. So I'm not on their radar. I'm not either. <laughs> I'm mean, I'm just I've never even No, I, I, I have I have worked with the customer <clears throat> success group and you know if you're a large enough You elite, have, so that it exists. It you, does exist, okay. yeah. And I mean at the time I was working for a pretty big com- customer of theirs and we had some issues and we put our foot down and said we need some attention and they actually came through and gave us the attention we needed. Uh um, big so, customer, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really more of a typical. It's they call it a customer success group, but it sounds like it's just more of your typical customer retention group. Like, we yeah, make sure we don't lose these customers. Yeah, kinda, because I mean, <laughs> well, look at what happens when there's a rumor that Salesforce is going to lose a customer. Remember their stock yesterday dropped because, or yeah, was it yesterday or Tuesday? <coughs> was you an, said un- that was a rumor. I, I, I never, it was never confirmed. Or I anything. never saw the name. And when he was on Kramer yes, yesterday, uh, Kramer asked him about it, and then Mark's kind of said that it was just a rumor and there was no they didn't lose a customer but so even if it's just a rumor but look what that can look at what just the rumor of salesforce losing a big customer you know yeah that that things might be collapsing you know every, that's what everyone's worried about everyone's on you know pins and needles especially if you if you're in their stock uh, developers and resellers all <laughs> over the world that would work to, together with us and we've seen our customers that's true. exceed our expectations when it's come to their own revenue growth and nothing makes us more, more, more gratified to know that our customers are successful with our products. And finally, number three, that when we started our company 17 years ago, we put 1% of our equity, 1% of our product, 1% of our employees' time. It was very easy at the time because we had no product. We had no employees. And it was we not product. Nothing, it was profit. But- so You won't let that one go, will you? No, he just, you know, no. If he's going to, uh, I don't want to use okay any for, bad words. It's okay for the model to evolve. When you, when you pretend, when you change something or I will say, say a false thing about, about something in the past, then that's not cool, man. It was an adjustment. Like change the model. You, you said yourself they're not making any profit, so, now I haven't, so they had to do something else to cover that extra one. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they might as well, right? Yeah. You know, I, um, I haven't been in a while, but a while back I went to the Salesforce Foundation's website and they, because they, you know, it's the one 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 model and they even, there's a form that you can sign up for your company to 
say that you're going to do it. You're going to, you know, you're going to adopt that and everything. And I went all over the side. I could not find an actual definite. They did not define what one, one, one was. Mm. And I was like, well, that's interesting because I don't think they want to be tied to a definition of what that is. Clearly they don't, right? Because they want to be able to change it. Or maybe they want to just inspire you. Could be to do one of something. Do one of something. <laughs> Anything you want. <laughs> should, should, should we register good days around the one one one? Aside from the fact we're not an official entity. Yeah. I have a thing on trust here, and I don't know what this is, so let's see what this is. A company built on a foundation of trust. The yeah. idea that nothing is more important than the trusted success of every single one of our customers, every single one of our partners, everyone, every single one of our employees. Yeah. Trust. Okay. So I don't want to get into um, private conversations, but you, you said something you noticed about, about uh, Mark Benioff. And I'm listening to this now, noticing that he does not sound quite the same. He does not sound like his normal I, self. So you're talking about the thing I wanted to talk about earlier, and that is I noticed something when, when the camera first panned onto Benioff. Like he didn't look good, right? He did not look good. Yeah. I, I, to me, it looked like he was breathing heavy, like he was just having a hard time breathing. And this was like right around the time when Lars was had the microphone, and he walked over to Benioff and he was talking. And so it could have just been him maybe chuckling or laughing and just the way that it looked to me at the time, because it was really a quick kind of pan. But to me, it looked like he was struggling a bit. Yeah. I mean, like mentally, he's still, he sounds he sound sharp, but he sounds, he even sounds like he's out of breath and he's, I don't know, not... Yeah. It doesn't definitely doesn't sound the same, and I wonder if that doesn't tie into one of these this announcement that they recently made. And I'll that's one of the reasons that I'm so success <clears throat> so excited. See, just right off the like he's just all, he, this is not normal for him, right? Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that I'm so success so excited that today we're making our first big announcement, which is that Keith Block, who has been an incredible leader of our company, our vice chairman, our president someone who's been with our company now for almost three years, has been an incredible leader of our company and helped us to get to the next level in enterprise execution, is also being promoted to being our chief operating officer. Give me something right there. So first of all, did you know that going from president to chief operating officer is a promotion? I was kind of confused by that. Yeah, I'd, I wasn't sure. Maybe I don't know what a president is. Maybe. I, I was thinking the same thing. I, whenever I heard, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, maybe I don't understand the hierarchy of companies anymore because that was weird. And, and Mark is the CEO. So maybe, I know when you have a, a CEO and a president when they're separate people in, in a typical like American corporation, and <clears throat> the president has, the CEO is the top, is the top right. role. And the president then re reports the CEO. So maybe. And the CEO I, I reports know. the board. I, I get, yeah, that's true. Right. So that was kind of strange, but. And I couldn't be more excited <coughs> to have Keith as a core partner in running Salesforce. So please welcome Keith. Yeah. Our new COO. So they have a new CEO. It's Keith. Um, COO. COO. Sorry, I kind of mispronounced that. <clears throat> and there's a lot of press coverage of this uh, this past week. And, you know, like the most common thing, uh, so here's a Fortune headline. Salesforce promotes uh, CE CEO heir apparent Keith Block. So that's the sub. That's the sub story here, right? Is that? But we, we've we've talked about this. We've talked about Salesforce isn't. It's going to have a tough time finding its way without Benioff. But yeah, but doesn't doesn't it? He seems a little young to be to have all this heir apparent and grooming talk, doesn't he? 
I mean, he's not Jack Welch age, right? When Jack Welch retired, I mean, it's which was a big deal. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just wondering if, you know, Mark's not just not feeling great or is like, he's had enough, right? No, maybe, maybe he's, maybe he's just got way too many commitments at this point and needs to kind of trust people to kind of get things done and not, you know, have a, have a handle on the day-to-day events so much anymore. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I will say I'm genuinely concerned. I mean, I, I genuinely looked at that video of him and, and thought, you know, there's something not there. And, and maybe I, I just, keep thinking back to the conversations we have that, you know, sales, Salesforce is Benioff. Benioff is Salesforce. And, and if, if there's a kink in the armor, it's, it's going to be that, his yeah. health. And they're, they're going to have to start working on that, right? Yeah. And maybe he's just tired. I don't know. I've, I've said, I, I think he would be really happy, you know, once he knows Salesforce is, he has groomed and for a replacement for himself that he can step down to a less active role and do more charity stuff. Yeah. I think that's, I wouldn't be surprised to see that at all. <clears throat> and if that's what he wants to do, then I, uh, I support him in that. Um, his statement was, okay, I look forward to working even more closely with Keith to deliver customer success and achieve our goal to surpass $10 billion in revenue. So you got to reassure Wall Street there faster than any other enterprise software company in history. But um, I mean, does it concern <clears throat> you any that he's, He's basically Oracle. <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you know, Oracle is a success. I mean, people and people in the Salesforce world think Oracle is this, you know, dinosaur, non-performing company with a bunch of... That's right? because that's the picture Benioff painted I, I know, for us. But Oracle is much bigger than Salesforce, and they, per, they print boatloads of cash every day still, right? And so it's, you know, they're, they're not, you know, schlubs over there. So, no, it doesn't bother me. I mean, Salesforce says they keep hiring Oracle people left and right. <clears throat> it's not necessarily a bad thing. <clears throat> Those guys know how to sell to, to, the interpre- to the big enterprise, Fortune 100, right? And that's, that's yeah. where Salesforce is really going. But, you know, Keith went on to give, like, you know, I don't know probably like a 15-minute speech. And it was very Benioff-like. I just, I just thought it was kind of funny, the contrast, because they made such a big deal about the tie. Because he's very old-school business Suit and tie, and Benioff is traditionally, and even Parker's traditionally more relaxed. Yeah, so here. And, you know, I, I can see you've really moved in the Salesforce spirit because the tie is gone. I knew this was coming. So this is... So I actually gave my... Really uh, shit. You've really made the shift. <laughs> it's exciting. Alex Dion has my tie. It's exciting. Oh, yeah, look at that. All right. I'll tell you, if that's, if that's the criteria, then I, would, I definitely would be, I'd be a Salesforce employee before I would an Oracle employee. <laughs> can do the tie thing. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think you could get away with Hawaiian <laughs> shirt and shorts and flip flops at Salesforce. Uh, it's certain events, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny because Salesforce definitely has a a dialect that you must speak there, and there's a uniform you must wear there. Do you know what the uniform is? You should be able to. I mean, just all you have to do is look around that room, or any you know any Salesforce event. It's it's a blazer or a, like a a jacket. Well, like jeans. You, shirt, you can and either a blazer. you can either wear a suit or or an odd jacket or a blazer, right? With a button down shirt, open collar. That is the uniform. Yeah, it's it's pretty obvious. It's I don't a, know. I, ben, <clears throat> Benioff walks around in his his ball cap and yeah, he Hawaiian does. shirts yeah, yeah. and but he's, you know, he's a relaxed guy. You know, hey, you don't do that when you're talking to the when the to the uh, financial press, financial analysts. No, I'm right? just saying at, at the uniform of the Salesforce <clears throat> has got to be pretty okay. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Plus, if you're an engineer, I think you probably you know, yeah. Who cares, right? Just engineers. I, was, I think I, I missed this on the... Let's go back to Metallica for a second here. Thanks, everybody. I do want to say, uh, before I get into this... So I, I think I've got these arranged in order they happen, which is probably... Because this is not Keith Black's speech, and he's talking about Metallica. Uh, 
Jimi Hendrix would have been proud of the Metallica folks. We should give them another round of applause. Uh, mm, no, yeah. no, no, <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> um, okay, so I've got another one. I think I have this in my funny category here, but this, this is a such up a conversation. Millions of users since Dreamforce, we had an amazing momentum on that platform with more than 90,000 customers running on Lightning. 90,000 customers, 90,000 customers, 90,000 of them, 19,000 customers, 90,000 customers, 90,000 customers on Lightning. Okay. So obviously they want us to know that they have 90,000 customers on Lightning. Now you've, you work with a lot of different clients and different orgs and I do as well. Do you know of anyone who's been able to use Lightning? Uh. No, not with the trade-offs. Yeah. I will say something, though. Lightning is backfiring <clears throat> on them, big time. On Salesforce? Yes. Okay, why? Customers are confused because they think... Well, that, they're supposed to be confused. They think that if they want to use a feature... In fact, I just had this conversation just now before we started recording this podcast. Customer, I recommended Lightning Connect to a customer. They're like, yeah, but we don't want to use Lightning. I don't think we can. We... It doesn't have the features we want. And so the confusion is mm. that because Lightning Experience has all those limitations and they've branded everything Lightning, customers are under the impression that they have to be on Lightning oh, Experience yeah, to use those yeah, Lightning features. Right. And so they're, they're basically not even considering them. That's, that's, the, that's the trouble with the way they brand things. It's yeah. very confusing. Or when they just, call, you know, App Cloud. Oh, it's, we don't have that. Why don't we have App Cloud? We've been using Force.com or Heroku, right? Well, oh, you that, do, Heroku right? was another one. They they <clears throat> they announced Heroku's is now the enterprise app cloud, and I'm like, no, 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 you don't get. It's you're part, not getting Heroku. It's part of <laughs> because you you have Force.com, you're not getting Heroku. <clears throat> no, that's a Heroku, different that's Heroku, a different model. It, no, but Hero, when they created the term app cloud, that includes Heroku. It does under the umbrella of app cloud, but that doesn't mean you get Heroku licenses. But here, okay, so here's my question to you: if if her, if app cloud, the term app cloud includes you know what we used to call Force.com and Salesforce One or and Heroku and all these other things, what is the utility of the term app cloud? It's it's the technology stack that you can use to build applications. It's the platform. I I, I think there's so much, there's several distinct. Platforms, though, that's they are, but marketing. My, my, my point marketing is, though, is not. Is my not is trying though, to be specific. They're just trying to. But but that's what that's what these guys refer to. That that's what Parker Harris refers to it as. That's what the what's the um, what's the 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 IoT guy. Uh, that's what he refers to it as. They, they, they all refer to it as the app cloud. I'm just like, if the app cloud means that many different things, then it really means nothing. I'm never gonna when I'm talking to a, a, a Salesforce customer, one of my maybe my, one of my clients or a prospect or something, I'm never gonna use the word app cloud because they're not gonna what I, no one's gonna know what I'm talking about. And it's kind of to your point with Lightning. It's like no one really knows what it means anymore. Yeah. And Wave's starting to be folded into. It's very confusing. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah I mean, it's it's just part of the clouds now. To so the point that Salesforce has customers who thinks they can't who think they can't do things because they have the word Lightning in them. Right. That's you know that's kind of a problem. I, I don't know. I wish they would tighten up their terminology a little bit. I mean, it's fun to kind of <laughs> play like follow the. <laughs> Follow the brand direction or whatever the branding changes. If, if you want a good drinking <clears throat> game where you'll get drunk, watch a Salesforce event and <laughs> keyword is a uh, lightning. But yeah, then the 90,000 customers thing, of course, I don't have the data. I don't have any data to refute that, but that just sounds crazy to me. Well, I mean, like, who it depends. Are I mean, we might, <coughs> our first thought is there's no way there's 90,000 enterprise customers, but there's a lot of customers who are using the base 
level Salesforce and they probably can. And maybe they already have switched to it. I and think- maybe new customers that are signing up and just getting, you know, professional additions. Well, that was the other thing. They, they, uh, jumbled the additions again. I think performance edition yes, is gone. There's new additions. <clears throat> no, they're, they're, they're not. Oh, there are. I, I think, I think we went back. We know we have performance is gone. So we have professional enterprise and unlimited still. I believe so. Those are the yep. three additions, but each, each cloud has their own packages. So you have the sales cloud, professional enterprise, blah, blah, blah. Wait. And then service cloud, blah, blah, blah. Did you see the announcement though, that there aren't three new additions that are the lightning additions? And and this is even more confusing because there's light, there's professional lightning or lightning professional whatever it's called lightning enterprise and lightning what is it ultimate and yeah. and and guess what the difference is between lightning professional and professional I have no idea I'm confused it's not lightning that's not the difference <laughs> the difference is they just include more things so it's kind of cool because what are the biggest complaints people have about like professional edition. It doesn't do enough. It doesn't do enough, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they, okay, I, I, they don't need API, but they still, gosh, they still could totally use, pro, and not having custom profiles is ridiculous, right? Yeah. So professional, ha, the, the lightning professional, or professional lightning, <laughs> has, and I could be wrong in this, but I think it has um, custom profiles, workflow, and record types. So they're creating, it's basically like a new, it's like, you know, the same three, like so professional, enterprise, and ultimate, like enhanced versions of those yeah. with more value. Not some, I think they'll eventually phase the, the other ones out because if you can get, but they're more they're more expensive. So it's also a way for them to, when's the last time they raised prices, right? They haven't yeah. raised prices in yeah. forever, ever. Need to raise prices, right? You need to raise right. prices every few years and this is how you do it. Which is a, kind of a, you know what? That might have been them. a Keith Block yeah. idea. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a good way to do it. <clears throat> um, okay. Move along, moving along. Explain to me this. It's not about a pretty app. <clears throat> it's really about pretty experiences. It's not about a pretty... They're talking about lightning. It's not about a pretty app. It's about pretty experiences. And John... John DeSantiago, Mr. UI expert, I want you to explain the difference to me between a pretty app and a pretty app experience. What is the difference? Actually, there is a difference. There's a big difference. What is the difference? Because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, it's just like anything. It's, it's, it's like a... I don't have a good analogy. A pretty woman, but when when you meet her, she's she's dumber than nails. Yeah. <laughs> or, or a pretty woman that actually has some intelligence behind her. That, that, I mean, that's the UI. It's 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 not so much that it looks good and it's got all the right positioning and white space and all the right color scheme and everything merges well. It's the fact that you can actually do things with it. You can function. It functions well. Animations and transitions aren't getting in the way. They're there to enhance experience. They're not hindering the experience. You're not waiting for something to load up a transition or anything like that it actually just functions i understand all that but what is that a is that are you describing a pretty app or a pretty experience an experience so the, so an app is not an experience an app is an experience but focusing on the experience and putting thought and detail in the experience is a big difference than just saying i've got a user interface yeah that lets you do xyz right the experience is part of the app though but it's not just a, it's not window dressing it's not lipstick there's function and purpose behind it it adds value but it's to pretty. the experience. It's the word pretty. It's pretty. It's a pretty experience. Something can be pretty and yeah, not functional at all. So do you think that distinction was uh, well, you know, well understood and received by the audience there? No, because it's, it's, they're very much cliche buzzwords, yeah. both of them. <clears throat> no, they don't use 
buzzwords and cliches in these demos, John. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, yeah, so we've got we've got some Alex Day on. You know, gotta like gotta like Alex. He's <laughs> gotta give him credit. He tries. So he's the um, chief product officer. Yeah, hey, I think he's like president and chief product officer. So yeah. He's he's up there, man. He's like he's uh, climbed the ranks. When you select an area, for example, on the waterfall chart of deals exiting the quarter, you can take action on that very first chart. You don't need to switch environment, and that's very unique. No one else in the industry has completely blended analytics with business process. No one has blended analytics with process. Um, how do you think Microsoft would feel about that assertion? <laughs> <clears throat> You can just say what you can just say whatever. Yeah, it's hey your demo. You can say whatever the hell you want. Yeah. <laughs> By the I, way, I I, I just uh, uh, this is going to be insensitive. I know, but I just wish I could understand him better. His his accent's really thick, and there are certain it's a, it's times yeah. that I struggle to understand what he's, but what he's can't, saying. Can't hold it against him, you know. No, no. I mean, it's not it's not anything. I mean, it's not anything he can help. He's he doesn't doesn't speak Merkin very well, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can deal with it. But you know what? No one responded to my tweet about how Salesforce now has a pipeline waterfall report and an opportunity Kanban screen. Like we have waterfall, we have Kanban, all these different software processes. I don't think, I, don't, I just think it, people didn't know what I was talking about. I think it's funny though, like all these software engineering processes have crept into the names of their screens. Just a huge nerd and everyone's ignoring I guess so. I'm like, am I not the only one that's realizing this? <laughs> Gosh. Come on, people. So this is just a great example of what I'm proud of in terms of customer success. 5.5 million apps built on the app cloud. What do you think that number comes from? <laughs> well, so I know, I know your theory. Well, okay. So app cloud, that includes, that, that would include Heroku. Heroku. That, and, and how many, I mean, I've created at least 50 apps that never went <laughs> anywhere on Heroku. So I'm at least 50 of that 5 yeah, million. I have a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting emails. <laughs> I bet that includes every dev org ever created, yeah. right? Well, that's how they have two million developers. They just count the number of dev orgs that have been created. I'm greedy with my <laughs> developer orgs. Every time I get a notice that they're about to get rid of my developer, I go and log yeah, in. I don't know no. why. <laughs> I have like a handful of developer orgs that I'm just like really greedy with. I have my first long-term developer org that I've had for probably 10 years that I will not let go. They can pry my developer org from my cold dead hand. <laughs> It's the one I used to register for everything and everything. It's just like my my org. Yeah. Well, because some of those, yeah, that's the one that used to log into like the Dreamforce thing yeah. and the customer success website, which I know now know is a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Oops. Uh, so this is just a great example. 5.5 million apps built on the app cloud. 3,000 applications on our App Exchange, which is a public directory of applications that any customer can use, whether they're in, in, in high tech or financial services or nonprofits, they're all up there for our customers to use. And use it, they are. Check this out 50 billion trans. That was a serious Yodaism there. Use it, they are. <laughs> Wasn't it? Actions. <laughs> That's customers who are using our service, human beings using it for mobile devices, tablets, desktops, and even computers. That guy has to distinguish that's human beings using it. I don't understand this. It could be Is installing another, an app that's unattended. I guess so. Like, it's just an automation. Or maybe they've trained monkeys to install apps and use them. That's a possibility. It's easy enough to do. <laughs> Actually working with it, integrating with back office systems like SAP and Oracle, 
50 billion transactions in Q1 of FY13 to 100 billion to 259 billion transactions in this last Q3 of FY16. 46% growth. Pretty soon we'll have the numbers for our Q4. It just closed, so we weren't able to actually count. It's going to be even better than that, I'm sure. But our customers are really, really using our platform. They're using our service. That's customer success. How many okay. transactions? Uh, well, th- okay, that's another thing I was, I'm wondering. Okay, whether it's because at first he said 50 billion, but then he said 250 billion. I'm like, yeah. Either way, I mean, I don't know. Is that, imp- is that, it sounds like a big number, but is that impressive? I guess, I'm obviously it's supposed to be impressive, but I'm not even sure that's that big of a deal. Like you were saying the other day, it's, it's no big deal for like someone on any, on any other platform for someone to say, hey, God, you know, I need you to just dump this table. It's 100 million rows. Okay, no big deal. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm I just, just, I'm just here and thinking maybe they should change their billion business model okay. and start charging per transaction. Then God, don't give many ideas. <laughs> don't give me any ideas. Um, Apple Watch. So we were talking about that, right? Um, oh yeah, I love that. That's gonna pop up on my boss's Apple Watch. He's gonna approve it because he's nice. Uh, no, yeah. no, he's not. Do you see how much information was on that screen? It just said approve, yes or no. And it was like it was some. It was like a. <laughs> it was like a five million dollar deal that she was yeah. chat on the screen. I'm like, oh, he's just. But gonna- why have an approval process if if you're not going to actually look at it? I know. It's just like, eh. well, and again, I, I you know, I, it's fun to, it's fun to laugh at these things. But that's not Salesforce's fault. That's just this. I don't know. I haven't figured out how to use the Apple Watch yet in any useful uh, way. I mean, you're trying to comp- create this compelling story, and it's 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 really <laughs> quick and easy to, to on a demo to go. Hey, if you if someone sends you an approval request, you can just go ding on your on your wrist, and it's done. It's yeah. It's it's a cool. But the demo. reality. I mean, uh, we've talked about it before. We have to go into it. But the reality is that it. You know. If if you're being pinged to approve something, you probably should look at it and see exactly what you're approving. Yeah. Otherwise, why have an approval process? Right. Yeah, exactly. Did you do your due diligence before you approved that? Well, I looked at my watch. <laughs> okay. <coughs> They've gotten my note from Wave. They're already taking action. We're going to get this deal back on track. So you can send notes from Wave now. You just thought, you thought Wave was a business intelligence platform. Wrong. <laughs> it's... It's a communication platform. Yeah, I think she misspoke on that one. I don't. I think Wave is going to be like everything now. Everything is going to be Wave and Lightning. Lightning Wave. You're, you won't be able to know the difference. You're not supposed to. I think you're not supposed to ask questions about this. I think. That's just just wa- don't ask questions. That's, not, that's. Did she mean Chatter? Is Chatter going to be Wave now? Is Wave Chatter? Do you know one word that we did not hear at all in this demo? And this is a two and a half hour thing. Chatter. Chatter. I don't know. Because she misspoke and said wave. That would have been the one time we've heard chatter. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this is definitely a light, like a, a lightning all the things, right? Just everything's going to be a lightning. When are we going to well, get, the li- new when are are we gonna lightning? get lightning chatter? I'm sure it's coming. Or chatter lightning. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. So you, we were t- talking about Heroku. Like in, what is it? All right. Okay. I got a Heroku thing here. Good afternoon. I'm going to briefly talk about Heroku, which connects to Salesforce as part of our app cloud. We offer the number one experience for developers and for IT. We're elastic. We support multiple programming languages. Think of Heroku as a toy box with components and technologies and tools to build just amazing applications. So that was basically his description of Heroku. And I just thought, wow, what a reductive description of Heroku. He's yeah. talking to these people like they're five years old. He didn't even say Docker lightweight containers. I know. 
<laughs> that's, that's, that'd be infringing on Larry Ellison's, but <clears throat> that, that just goes to show you uh, how still not integrated Salesforce and Heroku are. Like you bring the Heroku guy and he feels like he's got to talk to you like you're a five-year-old. The Heroku guys are doing great stuff with the I know, technology. I totally agree. I, I like the Heroku. The tooling, right. the everything. It's, it's so no, great. I like Heroku. It's just that Heroku doesn't like Salesforce. <laughs> <laughs> or Salesforce just doesn't get Heroku. Um, yeah, well, they're so different. They're so different. The they models are, are so different. Are. And and if you're a if you're a type of company that's going to be building things on Heroku, you are not going to want to build on Salesforce. Right? You're just not. It's just not competitive. It's not there. It doesn't make sense. But there's no reason it couldn't fill a gap. I mean, you can use Salesforce internally, and right. you could yeah. actually build your apps and everything else on Heroku. And and you have the added benefit of you know transaction-free connection to your Salesforce instance. It's just the the synergy between, okay, we use Salesforce for SCRM, and we might do some customizing on that and whatever, some development, but we also, you know, are using Heroku for all, all of our these other apps and some for some customer-facing apps and everything. Yeah. You know, we might run some business that that's how we take our orders, or we have a website where we do all our business. It's on Heroku. There's just not, a, just, there's not that much synergy between there. I mean, they've, they've done some things like the Connect, but I don't, is that, I still don't know how useful and that is because it's, there's not transactions. There's not um, like two-phase commit transactions. It, there's mm. just like a, a, a um, what do you call it? Like a syncing algorithm that yeah. hopefully that you hope succeeds most of the time. It is what it is. I mean, a, lo- a lot of <laughs> application architects are going to look at that and say, no, not doing it. Not, you're not going to have a syncing algorithm every time data changes. You either have transactions or you don't. Yeah, I don't know. Just it's weird how they they always got to pepper Heroku in, but it's it's just always it's, it seems out of place. And the guy even sounds weird. It just sounded weird. It's like so weird. I enjoy elastic. I enjoy the Heroku. <laughs> that was weird, wasn't I'm it? I'm telling you, it was just the whole thing was weird. I was like, what is this? I th- that felt like I'd slipped into some weird dream or something. <laughs> uh, Doors elastic. Are you familiar with this thing called automatic? I've heard it advertised on podcasts. It's the little dingus that you plug into your car's service port and you just leave it there. And there's a an app, a uh-huh. mobile app for it. And it it I mean it just collects all this data and it can tell you whether, you know, you're you're driving, you know, efficiently and all kinds of stuff. It can tell you if something if something's wrong with your car and the check engine light comes on, it tells you exactly what it is. And mm-hmm. anyway, there's there's little there's an automatic uh, cameo in the demo here, so go ahead and play that. The next app I want to show is um, built by a company called Automatic. And in fact, Theo, the uh, CEO, is here with us today. And what Automatic has done is they've built a little device, and you plug this device... This is the same Heroku guy, by the way. ...into your car. And then it communicates... It's elastic. It's ...to your <laughs> cell phone and gives you all kinds of information and insight about mileage, about gas mileage, and uh, diagnostics. Uh, the best way to think of um, Automatic is think of it as a Fitbit for your car. And so it's a way to communicate yeah, and engage course. with it. That's the metaphors are yeah. the Fitbit for X and Uber for Y. Yeah. That's and there was a bunch of Uber metaphors in this as well. But anyway, keep going. Now the exciting thing about the automatic is for all of you <clears throat> spending the day with us today, we've got um, an automatic for each one of you out back so you can all experience and engage with the platform every day. Woo! You get an automatic, John? Yeah. <laughs> Woo, you get an automatic! Woo, you get an automatic! You get an automatic! <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't resist. 
I did not see anyone jumping out of their seats screaming when they when they found out they got an automatic. <laughs> where, where are they all at? They're not in New York, right? Or like, like nobody owns a car? No, I think it was well, San Francisco where no one owns a car. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have a car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are we going to do with this dingus? I don't understand. Can I put it on eBay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what they're all thinking. Oh. Okay. Um, keep going. Yeah. I, I have more. But of course, I'm busy, I'm constantly on the go, and actually today I have to head to the airport to catch a plane to go meet with one of my best customers. I get on the flight, we're up in the air, the seatbelt light goes off, and I have all these plans to get a lot of work done, and what happens? Wi-Fi's down. It's a huge bummer, right? As always, you've got all these grand plans to get all this work done. But that's okay, because for me, I'm running my business from my phone. And now, with Salesforce One, it's available in offline mode. Don't you, uh, don't you love working offline in the air, airplane when you're working on Salesforce projects? No, in fact, I like using the excuse, uh, I couldn't get a connection. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was on a plane. So she gets up. Now we have no excuse. <laughs> we have no excuse. We're supposed to, now we're, com- we're, com- we're supposed to be working 24-7 now because we have access. Why is that? I don't, saying. Are you, are you There's no about? excuse anymore. It's like, what? I was on the plane. Or oh. I was in a car. No, you're, you have a phone with the internet. You're, you're accessible. Not on an airplane. Yeah. Unless the airplane has Wi-Fi. Most of them do now. But it's really, it's usually bad though, isn't it? Mm. I don't even buy it anymore. Nobody I, wants to pay for it, so it's usually one or two people yeah, exactly. on it. Yeah. You exactly. try to get work done. It's like, the tell me to get work done. The other you... guy in the back streaming porn. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, they tell you to get work done, but then they reject your uh, expense report when it has airplane <laughs> Wi-Fi on it. <laughs> and did you see the Microsoft Continuum thing? Where she, um, I think it was a, she was demoing um, something like the lightning service or something on her phone. And they plugged it into, I think it was either a Windows computer or a, a big uh, Windows I might have tablet. been an audio only <clears throat> mode at that point because I was driving. So there's this, I thought I had a clip on it. Um, maybe not. But um, it, so she's on her phone, running this app. They plug it into, it's either a Windows computer or a Microsoft tablet. Uh-huh. And they had it on a projector, and it, even though the app's still being driven by the phone, it's in it switches to full screen mode, and it, it's basically um, all what's the word like responsive, like it so it completely rearranges the app. It's rendered differently. It's huh. like a big screen interface versus a small screen interface. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't see that. Well, it's just I don't know. It's one of these. It's one of these. And it was again. It was one of these things that was thrown in there that was like, well, where did that come? That was weird. Where did that come from? I think it's this, I think they've got, you know, this ongoing Microsoft mm. partnership thing or something. Um. There's tons of new functionality <laughs> baked into Lightning to help you sell smarter. But some of the features I get most excited about are also about helping reps sell faster. And one of those today I get to announce to you for the very first time, and that's Salesforce Voice. So right within the context of where I'm working, I'm able to call Laura. This is Laura. Hi, Laura. It's Sarah from Accenture. How's it going? Hi, Sarah. I actually did get your email, but I'm in the middle of something right now. Is it okay if we chat later? Yeah, no problem at all. Let's chat later. That's why you're shaking your head. I did hear that one. I was driving. People like that. I saw. I was. The reason I was shaking my head is because they were also, and again, I wasn't their target, but they were. They were announcing so many new things that weren't new. Like that's not new. No, that one, that one is okay. new, but the, like the Salesforce IQ stuff. People were excited about that. I saw it on Twitter. I'm sure the click-to-call people weren't <laughs> <laughs> excited about that. Well, okay, so that's a theme. Like, 
them usurping the all the, these ISVs. Yeah. I mean, there's I got more of that, but what, and what were people talking about when they said uh, I saw it on Twitter that Salesforce now has like their own Siri or something? Did you see this? Can you talk to Salesforce now? I don't think so. I didn't. You can. Uh, we can do it with the Alexa. If I could code it. Well, you, you can, can't you? Yeah, yeah. What do you program Alexa in? Is it JavaScript or what is it? Uh, Java. It's got to be one of those two. JavaScript. <clears throat> Java or JavaScript? Yeah, we should look into that. I signed on to the developer program. I just hadn't done anything with it yeah. yet. You have to add a skill to it, right? Yeah, you have to add a skill. Um, okay. And it's now 17 years, you know, the company's history. And, you know, what, what tends to happen in technology companies is that it's very hard to make these transitions and make these shifts as the technology goes forward. You have to be able to basically kind of throw away your old user interfaces, your old platforms, and, and it's just hard to kind of get to that next level. And that's You ready to throw away all your interfaces and all the customizations and apps and everything you've done so you can get on the lightning train? Yes. <coughs> you got to throw it all away. Do you, do you think... It's time to move on. For who? who? Who's it time to move on for? Everyone. Think of, think of a client that you've built a lot of stuff in their org. Do you think they're saying it's time to move on? Yes. Really? Yes. Are you serious? Yes. So they're willing to pay... No, no, I, I want them to move on. Oh, but... I mean, how many man months would it take them? I know. If Sorry, money, if money wasn't, wasn't an issue, then let's move on. Or if you had time, right? I mean, but Ta- it's just... Yeah, I mean, time and money is <laughs> always... I mean, that's the only issue. It's the right thing to move on to these modern technologies, to move off of the, the old visuals visual force stuff it's really time and i think i mean i think uh, long term i mean i think lightning is going to be yeah a huge thing right it's it's <clears throat> it's needed it's a better architecture that remains to be i'm not convinced on that yet i i i don't i'm not saying it's not i'm just saying i don't i couldn't say that for sure but it's not going to solve every problem but i think as a whole for the type of things that we traditionally have to augment in salesforce it's going to be a, a a big benefit yeah, and, and but the details matter, like how you know how it's how they architect it for customization. All this, it's it's different, you know, with these lightning components. It's it's a different model altogether, right? Right. <clears throat> and are they going to get it right the first time? That that's the other thing. Like people are already building lightning components, and they're they're building in lightning, right? Yeah, but Visual Force wasn't wasn't right the first time. I mean, triggers weren't right the first time. But it, the it, but the model didn't change, right? I, I think Lightning's on a good foundation. I mean, I think it'll advance and get better. Yeah. But I mean, I think that the modular design fits in well with the type of things we need to be able to do to customize Salesforce. And that, that's what customers are asking for. They're asking for these richer applications that provide more information in different contexts. Yeah. I just, I think the, this, I, I, and again, I don't know, but just the model of, okay, well, just drag some components on, some Lightning components onto your Lightning screen. That's, that doesn't solve every problem. There's no, I an, mean, and that it, particular UI. If you're, if you're writing a widget that does something specific, <clears throat> then do that. I mean, you can right. also write an entire lightning page, lightning component page, and yeah. that's all that's on there. And right. it has all this functionality built yeah. into it. So it just depends on how you write it, engineer it. And I mean, of course, as with anything, and we've been saying this from day one, you still have to thoughtfully build yes, your stuff, yeah. thoughtfully architect it. And I, I think it's very cool that ISVs can, pro- when you install one of their packages, they can, they're providing components that you can then drop yeah. into various screens based on where you see fit. And let's keep in mind that because <clears throat> it's module and it's, it's part of the native architecture of this 
new native architecture, mm-hmm. we're not relegated to a bunch of iframes with a bunch of restrictions. I hope not. I hope not. I mean, now we just, we're on one, and that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's so many details to get right. And I, it's, I also think, well, how can you possibly get that right the first time? But obviously they've been thinking about this for a long time. And Parker made a good point, which was that, you know, we've looked at how customers have been using Salesforce when like millions and millions of customers. And that's what we're basing this on. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean you're going to get it right perfectly, but um, it's, it's obviously a good sign though. Yeah. Um, yeah, where was I? And it's now 17th level, and that's where a lot of tech companies just don't make it. It's just a hard thing to do. Yeah, and you true. two guys have just done an incredible job. This is, I mean, this this is the biggest shift they've ever. It's like a seismic shift in Salesforce to Lightning, yeah. and a lot of com- a lot of companies don't. They don't make that. They try. We I mean, look yeah. at how many times, um, how many different products like SAP has come out with it. We're supposedly you know the new platform. Yeah, there's been several of them, right? And they just and they have some uptake, but a lot of them, a lot of them just don't really. They're not they're not that end all be all platform they thought it would. It's not. It doesn't end up being the future of the company like they thought it would. Well, but, I mean, a lot of them were just. <clears throat> they, they were kind of half hearted attempts at it, though. <clears throat> they weren't yeah. taking huge leaps or huge risks in, yeah. in reengineering their architecture around this. You know, they were layering on this cloud front end on top of their old legacy technology. Yeah, Salesforce is is not doing that with Lightning. They're actually changing foundational architectural pieces of the system, which is why they can't just get In feature parity day yeah. one because it's not it's not just a theme. It's not a skin. There's some new. Yeah, you're right. And there's they all here's the, here's what here's what makes what you you said true, is that as we go on, any new features for sales, well, they call it the sales cloud, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be added to the Lightning interface, not to the classic interface. Right. So that alone makes what you said true. Without that, I'm not sure that's true. I'm not sure it's a. I mean, it's it's a new, it's a different. It I would. They're changing everything at the application layer now. Your data model layer <laughs> is fairly intact, which is what makes it forward compatible. But they're 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 taking these new features and they're building out these. They're taking these old features and moving them to this newer technology. They're re-engineering and putting them into the system, which is why they can't just flip on a switch and say, okay, yeah. this feature that we said wasn't there is now there because we flipped the switch. There, no, because they're I, having know, to re-engineer it and build it into there's, it. There's some rethinking of how <clears throat> how you work, how yeah. processes can work with new UI capabilities, with new device form factors, with new and sizes. And maybe if they do it right, maybe we get some relaxation <clears throat> on the limits a little bit more because now they know, now they can think about how this is going to scale. Whereas before, things just weren't built to scale. Uh, okay. Interesting. Uh, to me, those are orthogonal, like the limits and whether or not it's lightning. I mean, those are separate things. I, and I also, I think Salesforce was built to scale, scale internally. They want, you know, they want to be able to scale internally. They don't want, they don't want you, to, they don't want their customers to scale though. You know, I don't, they, I, they have to limit you. They have to limit. They can't, they can't allow you to do a thousand queries at once. They're not going to do it. They're not going to let you scale to that. They're not, you know, if you start throwing a bunch of limits at them, or sorry, a bunch of queries at them, they're not going to scale up. They're not going to, you know, start increasing CPU power dynamically or firing more VMs and that stuff. No, they're going to limit you. They're not going to scale. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But the scaling model maybe is different, you know, with Lightning. Because the usage model is different. It's all, it's all APIs now. All the traffic back and forth. It's, yeah. it's all API. It's not, you're not, Every time someone does something, you're not throwing an entirely new 
page at them, right? I mean, that, I mean, that's kind of what my thought is. I yeah. mean, no, I, I can follow that. What, what has surprised you most about working with the Salesforce platform? How quickly we can get things done and how little I need to worry about the change management within our business. Oh, oh, someone's, Sorry, someone's a little too high on the chain. Yeah, that was the He's, Accenture guy. I he think. needs to have one of those. Um, what are they called? What was that show? The like the the boss goes and works with the the regular undercover guy. boss. Undercover <laughs> boss. He needs to, he needs to get on undercover boss and and see what people are really doing. If he if he <laughs> anyone says I don't have to worry about change management. <laughs> You need well, to worry about change and management. And I always cringe when I hear people talk about, oh, we need, they need to go through change management. I'm just always like, oh, really? You have a change management review board or something like that? Because usually that's not a good, usually that's just, it's a mess, right? Um, but you can all, you can also have to have, you have to have some kind of organizational discipline. But yeah. I just always feel like it should be a team, like that it's already convened anyway. Like you shouldn't, your team that's trying to get stuff done shouldn't have to go to another some some review board in the in the top of the ivory tower where all the you know <laughs> all the pointy pointy haired guys are sitting. This is our change review board. No, I mean change change re- change <clears throat> control is a thing. You you should not be modifying your stuff in production. You should be doing it in a sandbox. You should manage the flow of those changes into your production environment. And also, you know, this is Accenture, so I'm sure they built a ton of custom stuff. I'm gonna, I'm going to find out what instance they're on and try to get on that one because he said they can get things done quickly. <laughs> and I've been sitting here yesterday. I had several twenty-minute Apex saves. Hmm. It's like, what do you do? What do you do? It's actually changing the way I work. I just I managed to batch all this stuff up and just do my. I'm like a human compiler. I try to just pre-compile as much as I can. Try to get all the code perfect and yeah, you know, try to imagine, <laughs> right? And but then, you're assuming they're having to do a lot of custom coding. I I was. I'm saying, what's Accenture? They have they. They have 370,000 employees and 25,000 of them are already on Salesforce, right? Surely they're, they've no, got a bunch of custom stuff. They tack stuff. on work, work cloud and uh, <laughs> HR cloud and sales cloud, and there you go. You're done. Yeah. Not the custom code, nothing. Um, so I have, I have two clips here. I'm not sure which is which. Um, interesting. I'm going to try this one. Jordan Novet from VentureBeat. Let me see if that's the same as this. But now, what I am most excited to talk yeah. to you all okay, about today is that in the world of service, we are entering some new territory. We are announcing Field Service Lightning, the Uber experience for field ah, so service. <laughs> built on our Lightning platform, now companies are going to be able to connect their entire workforce with mobile-first solutions. They're going to be able to use our intelligent tools to do smart scheduling and dispatching, making sure that the right field tech is getting out to the job based on not just their skills, not just their background and experience, but even taking into account their location. So I had a client who came in with that idea. Here's yet another example of where Salesforce has a large and loyal ISV called ServiceMax built on the platform. Yeah. And Salesforce goes and builds their own. Well, maybe maybe Service Max didn't live up to the hype in I, their maybe eyes. So. I, don't I don't know. But I think this. I think they. Get I, I think. I think. In in terms of Salesforce's best <clears throat> interest, I think the more if they have the capability and the resources, they should build their own. But that's weird. Field Service. That's a weird thing about it. Some of these things you could argue are horizontal things, like BI is horizontal, right? Field Service is a vertical thing. It's not a. It's not a platform thing. It's a, it's a vertical app. And I'm not saying Salesforce shouldn't do it or can. It's just, it just, the game is changing. But I think, I think they've, they've, 
built out a large capability in terms of the call center stuff. And what's next? It's it's the other side of the of what happens when someone gets a call. It's sending someone out to 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 talk to a customer. It's that natural progression of of support. Yeah, I agree. I just think the the rules have changed. The rules have never changed. You, uh, since day one, the, as soon as they as soon as they announced right. the app exchange, you know what? The rules have never changed. You, you get a ding because I've been saying that too, right? Yeah. I've I've been predicting this for years. This is coming. The the usurpation of all these other spaces. But hey, that doesn't mean if you have an idea, make some money while you can. I, absolutely, but, all, but maybe always Salesforce understand. Will buy you, don't but. don't ever forget that you're playing in someone else's sandbox. Yeah. If if you're in, in a situation like this, right? Um, I think they got a question about. Let's see. Uh, but now, uh, same same woman, Jordan Novet from Venture. So this is um during the Q and A, I guess, with the press. Jordan Novet from VentureBeat. I'm wondering if you acquired any companies to launch the field service lightning product. Um, we have not acquired any companies to launch the field service uh, product. Because that's what I was wondering. I wonder if they bought ServiceMax or one of their, you know, something, but built it, just decided, you know what? Like what those guys are doing? Let's put them out of business. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are doing partnerships with many different companies. It's an exciting new category. Our customers are pulling us into that uh, capability. We have a lot of very exciting uh, customers who want us to move into um, into field service. You can see the applicability. Our customers told us to do it. That's why we put our partner out of business, because our customers told us to. Everybody wants to be Uber. Everybody wants to have that no. kind of capability. No, we saw that dispatch concept. I mean, that's just kind of a very heart of the customer experience for many companies, and we want to be able to provide that uh, to them. But we haven't done an acquisition. If you have any ideas, let me know afterwards. <laughs> he's right. I'm telling you, he's right. Customers, when they come to Salesforce, they want that turnkey solution. They want to know that if they're going to spend the money on the licenses, that it's going to do what they need it to do. And they're not going to have to buy Salesforce licenses oh, no, and I developer agree. time but or Salesforce licenses and ServiceMax licenses. You're not going to get, if you want, if you want to know that you're getting everything, you are not going to be paying $150 a month per user. No, do you're you, not. Oh, you, do you want the field service? Do you want the wave? Do you want, um, do you want, what was the other one? Um, Voice. Do you want, yeah. Do you, no, no, the, um, do you want the CPQ? Hmm. Do you want the service center? You know, right? I mean. Sure. Oh, if you want all of them, okay. Anyway, um, and yeah, John, just just admit it. You want to be Uber. He said it. everyone wants to be Uber. Who doesn't? <laughs> Apparently, nobody. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. So I got a creepy, some creepiness here. Through this genius right here, we bought his company, uh, Relate IQ. Adam Evans. We were able to take. Um, his invention and now create something incredibly new, which is Salesforce IQ Inbox, or what we like to call Salesforce Inbox, which is he's reading now your inbox, all your email, he reads all your calendar, all your CRM information, and he coaches you along right on your phone. Super creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just the way he was email. saying that, but he's saying, you know, this, this guy that's standing up there, he reads your email, he's coaching you, he's giving you advice. <laughs> Uh, I see you have a conflict. You're you're scheduled <clears throat> to meet your mistress for lunch, but your wife is on her way. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about some Adam Bosworth? Let's see if I, have, I thought I think I have IoT Cloud. I'm here with uh, Gartner. A uh, quick <clears throat> question about your IoT Cloud. You announced it at Dreamforce last year, and we didn't see much about it today. Is it more in beta? Is are you using it more as an orchestration layer? 
Uh, is it part of the field service uh, cloud? Uh, can you give us some comments on that, please? Those are okay, great well, questions. Uh, the IoT cloud is uh, Adam Bosworth, I'm sure, is here, who runs our IoT cloud. He's right over here. I might even go to him to help answer the question. So come on over here, Adam. Um, like, you know, uh, bail me out. Hurry, get over here. <laughs> I don't have an answer for this. <laughs> new product. It's actually now in place with a number of customers, including Microsoft, who has taken Office 365 and is building it on top of our IoT cloud. So as you... Okay. So, Mike, so Microsoft is building Office 365 on top of Salesforce IoT cloud, which is built on top of Azure. That's, that's a Salesforce <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> I think he just misspoke. Really? I don't think so. It sounded pretty clear. How is Microsoft, Office 365 even related to IoT? He's right over here. I might even go to him to help answer. Because you said it the other day. Everything, it, it's all, it's all really, it's all related. It's all going to be pulled into the IoT. Everything's going to have an IP address and a, you know. Questions will come on. Your daughter's Barbie, or your son's Barbie, whoever likes to play with Barbies, if any of them. He has Ken dolls. Um, Ken. <laughs> they will have uh, the IoT devices. Uh, Benioff talked about that with Kramer the other day. Uh, Fisher Price, who must be a big Salesforce customer because Benioff was talking about them nonstop. They're all going to be every, every toy is going to be IoT because people don't realize that these Fisher Price toys that you buy your little kids when they grow older. You know, Fisher Price owns all these other brands. I can't think of what. Maybe do they own like a Barbie and I don't know. They own a lot of these other older kid brands as well. But yeah. People don't realize it. But if these are things are all on the IoT, then the company will know just when to tell when to tell you to next to buy the next toy. Maybe they'll just ship it to you automatically. You know, like Fisher but, Price Prime. <laughs> It's a little too creepy. <laughs> There'll be an, an Amazon button, the little Amazon yeah. button with Barbie. Yeah, your kids will be hitting that constantly. My daughter would be. Yeah, <laughs> she's Barbie crazy right now. Over here, Adam. Um, you know, at IoT Cloud is a new product. It's actually now in place with a number of customers, including Microsoft, who has taken Office 365 and is building it on top of our IoT Cloud. So as you create events inside those Microsoft applications. They're able to pass to us all those incredible events. And we're the, How is that John, IoT? Those events are incredible. What events? I guess your calendar. How is that IoT? I don't know. I, that's, don't, you're asking too many questions. Just listen. Sorry. Able to bring them back very smart, <laughs> Get in intelligent line. responses like messaging or workflow so that ultimately they can have a better interaction <laughs> with their uh, customer. It's a huge idea because the and so you can have a better interaction with your customer. See, I if told the you. IoT can process your calendar events, then uh, you're... I told you. No one knows what IoT is. No. Well, no one knows what Lightning is. No one knows what AppCloud is. No one knows what Wave is. The whole world is moving to an internet of things. Just sign on the bottom line and write us, your, write us a check and you'll be good. And as you have, essentially, billions of connected things, you're going to end up with trillions of customer interactions. And we are building a kind of watershed... Uh, event for our industry, which is a comprehensive platform that will mitigate between the Internet of Things and our core uh, capability. So, Adam, do you clears, oh, that, that clears is, crystal, right? That is not normal <laughs> Benioff speak. That is Benioff just spitting buzzwords. Well, that's why he called Adam Bosworth. No, normally, he's he's a little more specific and, and, and tosses in his accolades of awesome, phenomenal. <laughs> this was very CE. Textbook CEO yeah. speak. Hey, Adam must have been taking a sweet ass time getting, getting up <laughs> to the like, Yeah, I don't know what IoT yeah, is. Exactly. You put me in, on top, well, top of no, it. I don't know what it okay, is. So the rest of this, the rest of the clip is actually really great because Adam gets up there. Only one of the entire event gives an honest answer. Are you ready for it? 
Yeah, that's a, actually a great answer. Want to give us a little update on how are we doing on yeah. IoT Cloud? I, I think you answered it well, but I mean, fundamentally, no, the answer didn't. to your question is we said at Dreamforce, and I'll say now, we were going to learn one customer at a time, one pilot at a time. Um, we've got one customer that's actually... I think maybe we can only afford one microphone, so here you go. We've got one customer that's bringing... Um, actually, they've, they've been accelerating the use of the product. Um, they were supposed to um, quadruple or quintuple the number of events we got per second of this month. They actually did it about three weeks ago because it was going so well. Um, but we have a lot to learn. I mean, so basically I have one customer. I'll keep going here. Fundamentally, Finish. I expect us to be learning and improving and learning and improving day by day, week by week, epic by epic, month by month um, for the next six months. And, you know, I don't want to jump the gun. Uh, so fundamentally, the answer to your question is yes, it's attached to field service because it's, what is an IoT cloud? An IoT cloud is a thing that says I'm listening to any real-time event. I'm listening to real-time events from devices. I'm listening to real-time events from the mobile apps, like the apps you just saw. I'm listening to real-time events from location. You move near a beacon or you move into some location. I'm listening to real-time events from any other source that streams it to us. And then I'm doing the right thing. And the right thing is usually integrating either with a customer interaction or an employee interaction via Salesforce. So we'll be integrated with field service, we'll be integrated with sales, we'll be integrated with normal service cloud. We were just at Schneider having this discussion. But it'll be case by case, customer by customer, for at least the next six months. So, hey, we're learning. It's not done. It's not even close to being done. And I think I think he probably gave one of the better summaries of IoT that I've heard. Yeah, I agree. That was not bad. Yeah. They should get him to... I want him to describe all the Salesforce products so I actually understand yeah. what these things are. <laughs> I mean, it's weird because I work in Salesforce every day. I mean, I build stuff on Salesforce. Like, you know, you know, you do. We both build pretty big stuff. Yeah. And we... We know what we need to know to do that, but when it comes to listening, I don't all these. I don't know what they're talking about. How yeah. do I not know? How do I not understand what the hell people are talking about here? Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> we're 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 tasked with explaining that to our customers, and it's tough because if we don't understand it, how how are we going to convey that to them? Yeah. And and their their sales execs certainly don't don't do it. They're just trying to get you to sign on the dotted line. Yep. Uh, I got a couple more. Honestly, I think I'm as paranoid about the future as anybody is, and we've been driving um, the engineering organization unusually hard over the last, I would say, 36 months, and especially the last 12 months. What is that code for? <laughs> Lightning. I think it's code. I mean, I don't know. That doesn't sound good. No, I mean, it's, it's, they pulled all the resources, and they, they had them focus and build out Lightning. Yeah. I don't know. I just hope those guys haven't been working, you know. What do you think that means as far as work-life balance for those guys and gals? It's probably tough right now. <laughs> I bet it is. Yeah. Uh, I hope they get, get paid I hope, really I well. hope it's better than what that sounded. Yeah. That was CEO speak for. It's been rough for those <laughs> guys. Cracking the whip. Yeah. The future first. And um, I think today is a good example. I think this really is a very modern platform. And I think that's very good news for our customers who need that because they need to build and deploy these applications now. They can't wait. They have users, especially millennial users coming out of college who don't want to be handed a laptop, don't want to be handled green screens and blue screens, and said, oh, here's our old, you know, SAP or Oracle apps or, you know, old Windows apps. And okay, I see you shaking your head, but really? We're, we're catering to millennials now? These it's, it's, it's the advancement of technology. No, first of all, who the hell gets a green screen nowadays? That's, 
This is a green screen. That's what he said. That's a, I, I that's a straw what, man. I, I don't know what he means by that. I'm just saying that he's right. I mean, these mo- he, they, they need to be part of this new environment. They need to be producing modern tools. Who's they? Salesforce. Yeah, but I'll be damned if we're going to be catering to m- millennials. Uh, I don't, I, uh, that's what I think, he said. I think you're focused too much on that. I'm just listening to what he said. Huh? <laughs> that, oh, here's our old, you know, SAP or Oracle apps or, you know, old Windows apps, and you're going to now, you know, run your business from your, you know, a laptop. It's, that's just not- <gasps> No. That's so old school. You don't do anything on your laptop. You have a laptop? Shame on you. How millennials work. That's how millennials work, John. That's just, we're, we're going to have to do it now. Now, I don't agree with Kate. I don't, I know that's what you're focusing on. I don't agree with the catering part, but I do think that, you know, in, in terms of sales and the core of CRM is sales, I mean, you're not giving them laptops anymore. You're giving them iPads. You're giving them everything they need on their phone. Well, I think you give them the right tool for the job, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's kind of what he's trying to say, but it, it's sounding like <laughs> we need to cater to these entitled title exactly. kids coming out of college right. or they'll protest us yeah, exactly. <laughs> they'll need their safe space with their yeah, mobile they'll, phones they'll set up safe spaces in your corporate office yeah. if you don't do this and no no laptops in the safe spaces no no they're not allowed i don't have to get some muscle out <laughs> get the heavies An example and we know the that they want to work the way you know we work which is on our phones and rapidly but it's got to be comprehensive and it has to have all of those many attributes and so we have really hit the accelerator um, as hard as we possibly can, and at times we've almost broken it. Sounds like it hurt because um, I think that, that shifting that you hit it too hard. Um, <laughs> technology was not easy uh, for us. It's two. It's 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 a two-edged sword. One is that we have to break through on the platform. The second one is is we have to make sure we don't break all of our customers' existing apps. Don't forget. Yeah, but you kind of are. <laughs> They haven't we broken anything. No, but it's, at some point, it's going to be viewed as broken. No, at some point, it becomes a, a barrier. I mean, it's, it's, you, you Listen, have to move on. When the thing that you're on is getting no love and none of the new features, it, you're, you're, you're broken. Oh, come on. How, you remember the year 2000? How many, how many people went through that kicking and screaming they were going to keep their old stuff? What are you talking about in the year 2000? Oh, the whole 2000 bug. I mean, that's what forced oh, people to, to actually upgrade their software, to actually care and spend some money. Because oh, that, that was a bit, one of the biggest scams ever. Uh, eh, maybe, but I'm just saying. I mean, that, that, was, that was a renaissance for software development. I mean, people actually were looking at systems and trying to upgrade them and, and actually looking at, at what they were, the tools they were using. Before that, they didn't care. Yeah. They're like, ah, that terminal right. with the green cursor, that, that's fine. That's all you need. We're yeah. doing okay. We don't need to spend more money on software. Now Even it's all different. In- in mid-flight because all of those customers are running with us in real time and of course they're used to us releasing three new versions every single year but this is the first time that we have changed the whole platform underneath them at the same time do you think if they you know i've I've, I've kind of advocated them reducing the number of releases they do like they don't have to do three releases however do you think wall street would, would slight them for that probably I mean, they're a public, and so they're stuck yeah. doing three releases. <clears throat> yeah. If they were to go to t- two and say, "Hey, we're just you know we're going to do two, but they're going to be bigger releases," right. I, I don't know. You could try to sell. That. I mean, Mark, I'm sure Mark could sell that. He's PT Benioff. He can sell anything, right? It's his job. Yeah. Or how about no releases? This I thought we were supposed to be agile software development. What are the, what are these releases all about? Because enterprise is stuck in the old days. I guess so. 
And no, they're running forward as fast as possible. He just said it. And the customers are running with them. Yeah. Are you running with them? <laughs> running away. <Yeah. laughs> Many of them didn't even know it. In fact, they just can hit a button and all of a sudden it just turns on. So- That's John with all these new release every three, three releases a year. All I got to do is hit a button and it's on. You have to worry about sandboxes or making sure your apps work or just hit a button. It, they must have an easy button. That's what it is. They do. <laughs> but that's what's exciting. And then when we go to a major enterprise customer like Accenture or others who want to take a platform like that and make it a, you know, a standard across their entire enterprise for running uh, all their apps, because I don't think there really is anything else like this in the enterprise. I don't know how large enterprises really can build these kind of comprehensive applications and deploy them. He doesn't, he doesn't know. And this is probably true. He does not know how people build software anymore if it's not on Salesforce. I, I, would, I believe that. I bet the Heroku guys go on. What the hell? Man? <laughs> Literally 95% of software developers are going, what? What is he talking about? Yeah. Out a platform like this, you can build a lot of bespoke applications, but I don't think that's a great long-term strategy for your IT department. It can turn into something very costly and very unwieldy. And Boogie so, man. you know, I'm excited <laughs> that we can deliver this uh, platform. Which, scary, 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 scary yeah. custom apps, <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. Did he scare you out of, out of not of leaving the reservation? Don't get off the reservation. It's scary out there. You know, he's finally made it. You know, he's the big guy. Yeah. The indie guys are the scary ones. The, the small guys coming up on your heels, they're the scary ones. They're the ones you got to be afraid of. Yeah. All right. Steel brick. Steel brick. Hey, Alex Zucan with Stevens. I wanted to ask you about the ecosystem. When I look at field service lightning and I look at the CPQ product, how do you make the decision, you know, who, who are you empowering and who should be worried, um, you know, by these, by these moves? Uh, you all should be worried? <laughs> who, did he say who he was or? Yeah, uh, let's see. Hey, Mark, Alex Zucan with Stevens. I wanted to ask. Stevens. Um, I believe it's a financial thing. Okay. About the ecosystem. When I look at field service lightning and I look at the CPQ product, how do you make the decision, you know, who, who are you empowering and who should be worried um, you know, by these, by these moves? I think it's a really good question because in the example of CPQ, it wasn't really our intention to go and add that to our product line. And here we are, all of a sudden, it's Salesforce, you know, Steelbrick CPQ integrated inside of um, uh, our brand new Sales Cloud Lightning. So as kind of connecting it to the previous question, Here's a whole new Salesforce automation product that's not only mobile and built on Lightning, but also as in CPQ. And kind of where that happened is it really was not part of our strategic plan. Um, And I think it really is an indication of uh, how excited we are about Lightning. What happened was they bought Steelbrick because they're excited about Lightning. I think in the... They they weren't intending to. It just kind of happened. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Just happened. I got drunk one night and woke up. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, I bought Steelbrick. Um, Steelbrick came in. They presented to me, which is never a good idea. And I got so excited when I saw it. I'm like, we have to buy this company because this is, this is something all of our customers are going to want. But also, this is an example. I mean, had he just gave away the secret sauce. But had Aptus not ever <laughs> given him a demo? I don't know. He probably, he's probably never seen Aptus. He's like, oh, we'll invest How in him. have but not seen Aptus? He, because if he did, he would have bought it. He said it's a dangerous thing to do to demo to him. Because he'll just buy you. <laughs> don't ever demo to him unless you want to get bought. I'm going to go demo to him. Yeah, me too. <laughs> 
of what we want to do with the platform. Me first. I thought it was the best example I had seen of an ISV building and executing on the platform, and I just wanted to bring that to all of our customers. And I, it wasn't strategic. I know there's implications to our e ecosystem, yeah. um, but at the end of the day, uh, there is a. This is a. These are mega markets, and there is plenty of business for everyone. As a, and our ecosystem continues to thrive. As an yeah, don't worry about. It. There's there's plenty of business for you. We're not going to take all the business. I, th I think he's playing politics when he says it wasn't strategic. But so now that so now that Salesforce has bought uh, or has built their own field service, how do you, th how do you think service, how do you think Service Max is going to do going forward? I mean that depends. I mean, no, we, we don't, you just said it. People want it all integrated. They want to buy it from one source. They want to know that they're getting everything they need. They they do, and it, and it might hurt for a little bit. But if they can write it out, and if, oh, there's it, plenty of business for you. Though don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, you know what's weird is that I think the risk reward has just gotten all higher. Like, yes, it's riskier because yeah. because Salesforce might get into your business, but the reward is they might buy you, right? If or, that's or if, they might fail hard and you have more customers I mean, at your door. Do you think fin it's not Financial Force's exit strategy to get bought by Salesforce? It's got to be, right? I guess. I mean, that would be mine. That's that's the clearest path to exit. And that's, you know, anytime you run one of these businesses, it's all about, you got to know what your exit strategy is. That's it's all about the exit. It's not about building a great you, company. It's about the no, exit. you do. No, you have to build value. You have to build something that's worth buying, but who, who else is going to buy you? Right? Yeah, or are you going to go, I mean, financial force going to go public? No. I mean, but the investors that all their VC investment, I mean, those guys want to get, at some point, they're going to want to get their money back and make some money off of it. Yeah. So they're, you know, I, I, the most natural thing is a Salesforce acquisition. But yeah, now there's, there's, there's plenty of business. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big world. Yeah. Wow. That was, that was a clip blast. Wasn't it? Was. It took a long time to Do put together. Do you like together. those? I mean, are those, are these yeah, I mean, good it gives to break us, these down? It kind of gives us, I mean, just the, the whole clip thing in between or... Yeah, I mean, just basically taking one of these events and just, you know, trying to find interesting clips that we can talk about or, I mean, are they, are they interesting? Is it good to talk about them? I'm probably the wrong person to ask. It's interesting to me. That's, you're who I'm asking. I'm just saying. I, I only care about what you think, John. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think much. No. No, I, I enjoy them. I mean, I know you spend a lot of time in... in it does. Get him together That's the and everything, and it takes a, it's a lot of homework. I think I think it's worthwhile. I mean, I, I always enjoy kind of walking through the clips and reacting to them. Um, it, it, I said they get it's a new dynamic to the discussion. It's not, it's not just you and I trading things. That we're at, it's like that those other people are here in that yeah. conversation. Yeah. And I think a lot of people didn't get a chance to listen to this because people were working. I mean, I had to record yeah. it and do it at night. You know. But I had to leave and go home. Yeah, I was driving exactly. through half of it. So uh, that Q and A, I didn't even hear. And those were actually really good questions. Yeah, there were some other ones. Yeah. I, I clipped about half of them, probably. But you know, that, that seems to be something that's normal. Like, I mean, anytime Benioff puts himself out there, people ask tough questions, and and he takes them. He he never stops it. He never says we're not doing that anymore. Right. You know. He he always takes it in stride and does his best to answer. Yeah, you know, he had some good answers. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. Well, that wore me out. I got, I got nothing. Yeah. What? What? Uh, do we have one pre-announce anything for next week? Or don't forget, you've got a. We're gonna f do a follow-up on your app, so we want an update. 
Oh, so I have to make progress. Yeah. I mean, the Good Day Sir Army is going to expect an update. <laughs> when did it become the Good Day Sir Army? You started I, using that way, term. I know, because I want people to tweet John, though, and bug him about an update for this. Ugh. <laughs> uh. I want to be a triple stress now. At John de Santiago. <laughs> Fine. It will motivate me. Well, it is Friday and five, it's, you know, five past five o'clock. Yeah. I got a sick kiddo at home. I got to mm. stop and pick up some apple juice, I guess, apparently. So to that, I say good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Oh my gosh. That was awesome, so great job. Those guys are great, aren't they great? Woo! The drum roll. All right, open your boxes. Open your boxes, one, two, three. Woo! You get a car! You get a car! Woo! You get a car! This is amazing! Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs>